I don't. I don't think. I don't think I make people dumber. You guys think you make people dumber? Uh, I try every day to not do that. That's my goal in life: is to raise the level of discourse in the room around me. That's it. With dick jokes. With dick jokes, mainly with <laughs> dick jokes. Wiener, Very subtle art is raising the uh, level of discourse using dick and fart jokes. Yeah, jokes that about sounds <laughs> sounds real highbrow. That's the goal, but it usually kind of goes right in the middle. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say like the middle of the vagina because I don't think anything goes to the left of the vagina. Um, you don't know. There's there there's conditions where you're you might not be built quite right. That's true. I shouldn't. I shouldn't make those uh, remarks. No. <laughs> Inclusivity. That's what we're all about here at Dance Robot Dance. Vaginas yes. of all orientations are included mm-hmm. in Dance Robot Dance. Mine's on my elbow. <laughs> wow. That's weird. <laughs> hey, whoa. Hey, what were we just talking about? What were we just talking about? You guys we, can't remember. We could go that back quick. to like tentacle porn and uh and the and the related uh, like like nipple fucking and shit like that. Yeah, we haven't we haven't talked about tentacle porn in a long time, guys. It's because mm-hmm. I haven't watched it in a really long time. Oh, you're falling Why? out. Are you finding you found new kinds of porn that you like now, Christy? Is that? What I porn? mean, when you watch that too much, you, you lose the flair. You're like, yeah, <laughs> you desensitize. It's not. Yeah, as you're kind of like, anymore. oh, st- oh, you're just hurting her. <laughs> now that tentacle's just too big. Yeah, that's that it's would be time. uncomfortable. Like, there's really gross. There's really Nana. Please don't listen. There's really <laughs> gross. Like, they were right. Like, you were downloading tentacle porn. Not at their house. <laughs> um, but no, there was like this weird. They have this weird thing sometimes where like a, a tentacle or a penis is so big that it like when it goes in a woman, you can see it through her stomach. And I'm like, that's just not accurate. It just like, plus there's ooh. ones where it actually comes out of her mouth. Yeah. I just to me that just doesn't make you know that just doesn't make sense. I I want to have some realness. No, it's not anatomically correct. But... Wait, you're looking for realism in your tentacle rape porn? <laughs> in your tentacle. I porn. mean, <laughs> I just want a little story. In your animated tentacle rape porn? Hey, whoa! At least it's not real. It's so much worse. <laughs> there is that. They do make that. Do they? Yes. Yeah, real, I don't real ever want to see it. I don't yeah. ever want to see that. Real, real tentacles. Like real, real, yeah, real life tentacle porn exists. And it's so funny. Like when we talk about this, it sounds like that's tentacle all. Tentacle porn toys ever. exist. Yeah. Hmm. Gross. I don't think I need to see that. Now I've Speaking got a link. tentacle porn though. All I did like today was I watched the Garris Vicarian romance again, and I just cried a little inside. I was like, nothing is like this in the new game. No one will replace you. <laughs> are you finished that game yet no i'm so close oh wow. i thought about playing right. while we talk tonight because i haven't had any chances this week <laughs> oh that's exciting but i'm not okay all right let's get the show on the road then guys uh welcome back hey. lovely listeners to dance robot dance this is episode 61 uh i'm mark i'll be hosting this fucking disaster zone of a podcast tonight so <laughs> hey what that say that was a really good intro expecting <laughs> shoddy hosting to reach new heights tonight so God. i'm here with christy obviously who keeps interrupting me oh i'm so- is that new to you i'm <laughs> sorry what does that feel like mark what does it feel like to have someone interrupt you constantly and you have to play like it's okay and fine also there's somebody else here that oh. interrupts people say hello christy whatever 
I'm already pissed. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad she's pissed already. That's fire good. of a podcast. Yeah. And Tim's here. Hi, everybody. How you guys doing this week? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> How are you guys? I'm doing pretty well. I had a thought recently that I think I might start doing. I wanted to bounce it off you guys. Uh, I Because I always have a couple of drinks when I record anyways, I think I might like start like doing themed drinks with the episodes. Um, I think that's a great idea. Which like would require some planning. So for those, I think that I've mentioned on the podcast before, I do like sort of amateur mixed drinks kind of thing. So, I mean, it wouldn't always be like mixed drinks. Like given this week's episode, it could just be like, a nice English cider or something like that, or so that's that's something that I'm thinking I might start doing. I feel like the the boys are kind of into like the like in their red wine like drinking phase. Like I think that would like be one of those. They're kind Maybe. of those hipster types. Like yeah. Christy is probably drinking right now. <laughs> is that a plastic wine glass? No, it's glass. Ting ting. No. It looks plastic. Well, it's not. <laughs> um, I think what you should not do. If there's is... anything wrong with that. <laughs> I think uh, if uh, if. If you were going to do that, you should post um, the recipe for the drink. The recipe. That's how you say about drinks, right? The yeah. um, the list and how you're going to make it like two hours before you actually Ooh. podcast so people could drink with you. Or, well, I mean, or at least before like we release the, uh, the That's what I mean. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. I was, I, yeah. I was thinking of doing like a really like, uh, like if it is a drink I actually make and not just like something pre-made kind of thing, then I could do like a little two-minute thing, just saying like Tim's drink of the week or whatever. Yeah, like if we had a Harry Potter episode, you could make butter beer. I've made butter beer before. It was it was with butterscotch soda, dark rum, and a Scotch ale. Oh my god, was it amazing? It sounds delicious, actually. It tasted a it tasted a lot like the shit you get at Universal. Like the actual like uh like butter beer, but boozy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I'm gonna get actual butter beer next weekend. Why? Because we're going to Universal for three days. Oh. We're mostly <laughs> going for Halloween Horror Nights, but we'll also be spending a lot of time in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter as well. So we haven't seen Diagon Alley yet. I've been That's to so Hogs, Hogsmeade and Hogwarts, but I haven't done the Diagon Alley side of things yet. I'm so jealous. They have like butterbeer fudge and butterbeer ice cream and frozen butterbeer and iced butterbeer and hot butterbeer and sounds yeah. amazing. And Florian Fortescue's ice cream parlor. Oh, stop! Ugh. It's gonna be a fun geek of the week to just torture Christy with that for about ten minutes. <laughs> the week after that trip. <laughs> awesome. You guys ready to talk about some news or? We I guess what I do. Christy shit some more. <laughs> I have soup to eat, so that's my revenge. Oh, good. <laughs> now, slurping your microphone I'll again. I'll mute while I'm eating it. It wouldn't be the Stance Robot Dance Center. I'm happy to edit out my eating habits. Yeah, it's true. All right. Well, we'll start with sad news. Um, <laughs> what? Mark <laughs> just doing uncomfortable silences again? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Len Wein passed away this week. He's the uh, creator of Wolverine and a bunch of other Marvel characters. Mainly Wolverine, though. Tim, you probably have a lot of information on this. I think you had your information up, didn't you? Yeah, a lot. Well, he co-created a lot of uh, Marvel and DC characters. So um, he's responsible for like 80% of the modern um, makeup of X-Men, basically. 
Yeah. Uh, like he co-created, uh, as Mark said, Wolverine, um, Colossus, uh, I think also Storm as well. Yeah. And uh, on the uh, DC side, he co-created Swamp Thing. Uh, so that one's particularly rough because Swamp Thing has lost both of its co-creators in the past month year, or two yeah. or whatever. Or, yeah, year, I guess, the past past few months. I know we're being sad, but as soon as you said Swamp Thing, all I heard in my head was Swamp Thing. <laughs> You make my heart sing. Da, 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 da. You make everything goopy. <laughs> Mucky. Mucky's okay, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, so he was a, a real like legend in the comics world. A legendary, mostly writer, I think. I don't think he ever actually drew anything. He's mostly writer, but uh, even he wasn't that old. He was like 69, so that one was kind of sad. He was also the editor for Watchmen. That's right, he was. Probably the most famous series that he ever worked on uh, in terms of sort of critical acclaim, I guess, and general pop culture acceptance. Well, I mean, the fact that he created Wolverine is kind of like probably the biggest deal on his resume. True, true. Yeah. But it's pretty exciting. So that's sad. So we'll move on from there. I wonder if Jackman said anything. I think I I saw something on Instagram, but it was a couple days ago, so I'm not sure. I know a lot of the, uh, the big, like, comic artists were posting stuff over the course of the week, like little Wolverine sketches and stuff like that. So Yeah. All right. Next thing on the docket, J.J. Abrams is back in the director's chair for episode nine. Yes! <laughs> and everybody is making lens flare jokes. Yep. He's also co-writing. And the result of this is that the movie has been delayed from... What are the dates? I, what, fuck. My uh, oh, yeah. The... the... Up the new dates for it. Um, where is that? Uh, December t- 2019. It was supposed to be uh, May 2019. Now it's back to being another Christmas release. Yeah. So. Which I think is... I don't know. Why were they going for a May release there? I'm trying to figure out... I think because there's... I, I don't is think there's there no anything planned for 2018 release. So I think that... Unless it's... Oh, maybe that's the Han Solo movie. Is it 2018? Like, May 2018 is Avengers. Wouldn't May 2019 be Avengers 4? Maybe, yeah. I think they were trying to sort of have them not be every, like, like a once a year thing, maybe? I don't know. Oh, okay. Because I guess 2018 is due to be the Han Solo movie. Um, that got moved up, though, right? I do not remember. Maybe it got moved up to because they knew this was happening. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, I, I, I'm trying to remember. I heard stuff about this, and it was like, was it, I mean, Last Jedi is like this year. And then mm-hmm. next next year, I thought it was like next Christmas was Han Solo. Yeah. And, and then, then the, and then the, the and then the new spring episode after that would be episode nine. Yeah, but then, so would they? Are they not just moving it? Okay, I guess they're just moving no, it so, back. Okay, yeah. So uh, the Han Solo movie is due May twenty eighteen. So I guess it's oh. that they didn't want to have like a year and a half gap in between Star Wars movies. They wanted to have like you know they wanted to I think start moving them to be summer movies rather than winter movies. That seems weird to me because like they've owned Christmas the last couple of years with those Star Wars movies. Yeah, it's true. And then like May's been kind of the Marvel time now, right? Like usually Marvel's got a big May movie out every year. Yeah. And like this year is Avengers. So yeah. wouldn't next year the next year? Yeah, sorry, next year is Avengers. It's so Thor like... this year, right? Well Thor's well, November. November. Th- this year would have been Spider Man. Yeah, Spider-Man was, like, the summer release for Marvel this year. Yeah. But then, like, their May thing next year is Avengers 3, if I'm not mistaken. 
Mm. And then the next May, I thought, I thought, I think it's a year between the two Avengers movies. So I was like, why would they be putting, trying to put Star Wars movies into the same month where they have Marvel movies? Just doesn't, yeah. I mean, for Disney, it doesn't make any sense, right? Because it's all Disney at this point. It's not like they're competing. They're owned by the same parent company. So. There's a bunch of casting calls going out in uh, Atlanta right now for Marvel, for Avengers movies, like extras and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, you were posting something about kids or something like that, right? So yeah, and that's I've seen like two or three of those come out this past week for like people of you know specific body types or hair types or, or hair color that kind of thing. Nice, racist. Well, <laughs> got to make sure you got what they're going for diversity. It means they can actually call for the people they're looking for. Then, right? They did that with Hamilton. They were like, "We don't want white people," and everyone was like, "Oh, that's okay." Except white people were like, "How dare you!" <laughs> This is reverse discrimination. We don't know what this feels like. Against uh, the fucking prevailing, yeah, the majority or population that is in power. Yeah. All right. Privileged groups, I should say. Anyway, there you go. Anyway, so I'm excited. JJ's back. Like, I, I don't know. I thought he did a good job in episode seven. I think it's Mm -hmm. going to be good. Yeah. I'm just hoping that this is less of a rehash and more of an original movie, but I don't see. Like everybody's joking now that he's just gonna like fucking remake uh, Jedi because he's already remade uh, New Hope. <laughs> New Hope. Well, they're already they've already they're already making jokes that uh, Episode Eight looks like a remake of Empire. So we'll have to see <laughs> how that actually pans out in December. Yeah. I mean, I actually wouldn't be opposed to it because I really enjoyed what he did. But at the same time, he did that on purpose. He did that on purpose. Star Wars had to put trust back in their fans. Oh yeah, I'm I'm okay with them doing that in Force Awakens. I just now that Don't they have brought it back, uh, you know, sort of got everybody back on board, kind of thing. I just I would like to see them go off in a new direction mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with the new Agreed. characters. But. All right, continuing along with the director news, Patty Jenkins has officially signed on for Wonder Woman two, and apparently Ooh. got a big fucking payday for it too. Uh, so. yeah. That appears to be what she was sort of holding out for. Was she wanted like a Zack Snyder level payday? As she, she should, should be. be getting. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I completely could agree with that. Yeah. So that's super cool. So we'll be getting Wonder Woman 2 sooner rather than later. And it means that she is uh, now, I believe, officially the highest paid female director of all time. That would make sense. Right. Yeah. Well, the movie did like gangbuster business. Yeah. And it comes out on Blu-ray on Tuesday. So there you go. It does. Mine is pre-ordered. I'm very excited. So... The director of Deadpool, Tim Miller, you guys know who, who that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. I'm, all right. He's going to be directing the Terminator reboot for James Cameron. Mm. Now that James Cameron, because James Cameron's got all the rights back to the Terminator franchise now. Like, it's all his again. Yeah. So he gets to do whatever he wants, and he's put Tim Miller in the director's chair for his next Terminator movie, which I'm kind of excited for, because it'll be nice to see a decent Terminator movie again, maybe. Mm. I think they, they need to let one. that fucking franchi- franchise die, or at least let it go for a while. There have been too many crappy reboots and remakes and shit like that. Completely agree that they've not made a good one since the second one, so that's... And they need to just let Arnold go. Like, he needs to move on from the franchise. For that sure. I definitely agree with. Yeah. So, it's pretty... I've never seen them anyway. Really? Oh, you should definitely see the second one, and you need to see the first one in order to get the second one. Because the yeah. second one is like a masterpiece in like science action fiction movie. filmmaking. Yeah. yeah, science fiction action. Yeah, a lot of people consider it one of the best movies ever made. Actually, like it's just yeah. like that level of good. It's a good movie. I w- I will see it 
It's the kind of thing like with Die Hard where I keep saying, I'm going to watch it. And then another year goes by and I'm like, oh, I haven't seen it. You've never fucking seen Die Hard? I've told you guys that. I don't seem to remember that. I feel like I would have I would have scolded you more for not having seen no, Die Hard. No, you scolded me last Christmas. Well, right. because well, that's, that's the what ultimate we Christmas movie. Yeah, when we get together a- after we record our episode uh, at Christmas, that's what we need to do then. Die Hard? Watch Die Hard. My Mark just has to be there because he said he wants to watch me watch it. That's fine. Well, we, you guys, we'll be, your, your significant others are always... Because you'll be too fucking hammered to drive home drive. on your own. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Probably. After your half bottle of rosé. Have, yeah. have to get home to throw up, guys. <laughs> you could throw up in Mark's house like I did. Yeah. No, I, oh, did I you did. really? No, I didn't. <laughs> I, didn't. I think I, you did. It wouldn't be the first time that I've thrown up in somebody else's house, but no, I did not that night. I would have I expected it. So. <laughs> yeah, you guys went hard. I didn't even see Tim and Alicia leave because I was so fucking loaded that I was passed out. Upstairs, you were passed so. fuck out. Like we knocked on the door like pretty hard, yeah. and you did not yeah. wake up. Nope, I was I out. Remember, <laughs> I remember oh. that. Um, oh. about that because I Mark messaged me the next day. He was like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm okay." And he was like, "Yeah, I didn't even see Tim and Alicia leave. I have no <laughs> idea what happened. They went to bed. I woke up and I was alone except for the cats. Yeah. Again, I'm alone except for the cats, which is like my life now. So there you go. Yeah, no, because also I was getting text messages from Tim's sister who thought like Tim and Alicia were dead or something like that. Remember? Yeah, my phone had died the night before. Right. right? Yeah. So good times. <laughs> All right. Uh, movie news continued. So they we talked last week about um, Ed Screen stepping out of the role of Major Ben Daimo. I can't. I don't know what the, how to pronounce that. So some, some Hellboy so supporting character. Yeah, and a Hellboy supporting character, and he's been replaced by Daniel Day Kim. So that's kind of exciting. Did you guys see the picture that got released today of Hellboy? Why are you ruining my flow? God damn it! I was just <laughs> about to bring that up. Yes, I, I think thought, that is much better casting. Uh, I agree. There yeah. you go. And I, I really like Daniel Day Kim. I think he's a great actor. So. Yeah, he was good in Lost, and he was good in uh, <gasps> Angel. Cool. Also. Cool. Yeah. I liked him in Lost. That was heartbreaking when he and his wife died in the water in the boat. Spoilers! <laughs> On a 12, 10-year-old show. Old series or something. Yeah. Yo, okay, I've never seen Schindler's List. I don't judge. <laughs> you never seen Schindler's List either? Terminator, Die Hard, or Schindler's List? And yeah, you, could you know, consider yourself those are three feel-good movies. <laughs> well, I mean, they're not like equivalent movies, but it's just like you haven't seen any of them. Well, I've spent a lot of time rewatching Love Actually and Under the Tuscan Sun. <laughs> and what was uh, that other movie? Heartbreakers? Yeah, and Heartbreakers. <laughs> and Heartbreakers. But that was only one day of my life for 17 hours. It was so good. And then I watched it again recently and I was like, oh, so not good. <laughs> yeah, why did I do that? Yeah, why are you. Because Jason Lee. That's why. That's fair, but there's because better movies. Jason Lee, there. Jason Lee, before he became a total dick. <laughs> Jason Lee, when he was trying to be the nice guy. Before Jason my, Lee, when he looked my name is Earl. Stars. I liked My Name Is Earl. It was a good show. I never saw My Name Is Earl. <laughs> oh my God. It's got a lot of Jason Lee. It's like greasy Jason Lee. Yeah, it's like I greasy that one. Not yeah. interested. It was a funny show. I liked it. That's why I didn't watch Trailer Park Boys. I've never seen that either. Oh. Greasy. Yeah, Trailer Park Boys I couldn't get into. Although people keep comparing it to Letterkenny, which I love, so I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. I've never seen Letterkenny either. Letterkenny's fucking hysterical. So My friend got called out by them, actually. Remember that Bruno guy I told you about? Yeah. <laughs> Bruno making a reappearance on the podcast. 
Yeah, he uh he I wonder if he listens. I'd be so upset if he did. I'd be he's, like, I'm he's so a more sorry. he's made more regular appearances in conversation with us than some of our co hosts that are lapsed co hosts. Our lapsed co hosts, yeah. Hi, Stu. Hi, Eric. Yeah. Hey, guys. <laughs> they don't listen to this podcast. God, no. Yeah. Um, sorry, I just got a message. I was like, what? Um, but it's yeah. Bruno. It's Bruno. Bruno. Oh. <laughs> Actually, he and I were supposed to get together recently, and I fucked up and, like, totally forgot and bailed. Oh. But, no, he's super Story of your relationship? Got... Yeah. Story of my... I'm not going to One Direction right now, but... Um... <laughs> oh, no. Don't do One Direction. No, no, no. It's like, that's... Hi, Becky. The... But One I... Direction sucks. I think that's the one song I know about of One Direction. Or something oh, about a kiss. Know. Something about you don't know you're beautiful. Like oh, basically right. that, that gaslighting song. That's what makes you beautiful. Yeah. I think that's the one I was thinking about with the kiss. If you thought you're pretty, you'd be ugly. <laughs> Baby, you light up my world because you think oh, you God, have... What have I done? But anyway. No, it, but he got he made a quick little video about uh, what was it? Like a I'm sorry, I keep touching my mic. Like a bud or a like a brewski. Let me look it up. And he got they like retweeted him and then like shared his video on Instagram. Oh, nice. Hmm. Yeah. What's his name? I thought uh, you meant he got he... called out as in like they were they like made fun of him or something like that. That would suck. I'd feel real bad for him. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, puppers? Pupper? Pupper? Puppers. Yeah, the brew. That's the brew they drink. Yeah. So he did a video about puppers. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. You guys send me a link to that. I like that. The show's funny. So I'll send it to you right now. Awesome. Cool. All right. Moving right along, then. We have a, a street date. Fancy before. free. I was about to sing that too. God damn. <laughs> killing me tonight. Um, John Wick comes out. John Wick three comes out May seventeenth, two thousand nineteen. I still haven't watched John Wick two. Okay, I'm gonna eat my soup while you talk about it because I've never seen John Wick. Oh wait, Great. no, I have. I saw John Wick. I did. I you did saw see John it. Wick. You haven't seen two yet. Probably. No, I haven't seen two, but I did see I did see the first one with Alfie Allen. Mm. That's right. He was in that. Lily then Allen's he, little brother. And then he gets shot in the fucking face because <laughs> he killed that dog. Piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. Piece of shit. Garbage man. So maybe that's why I hate him in Game of Thrones because he killed the dog. Yeah, and you're John like, Rick. you deserve to not have a penis. Goddamn right. He's pretty easy to hate in Game of Thrones without ever having watched on Wick. True. Leon's kind of a piece of garbage. All right, so Futurama's put out their uh, audio episode. I have not listened to it yet. Nor have I, but I've heard not good things in general. That it was somewhat disappointing. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, what did I see on uh, io9? They said it was way too much podcast, not nearly enough Futurama. Oh, that's too know. bad. We'll see. I'll probably still listen to it because I do. Yeah, I'll listen, to, I'll listen to it eventually. I listen to The Nerdist anyway. It's on my list to listen to tomorrow, so I'll probably flip yeah. through it tomorrow. But um, yeah. Kind of interesting. This week, uh, Orville premiered the Seth MacFarlane Star Trek kind of kind of Star Trek show premiered. I actually literally just finished watching it before we hopped on to record. Mm, not, great. not great. Also, yeah, I also did not get good reviews, and I'm yeah, not sure I'm going to bother watching it at this point. Well, a lot of yeah. things that ended up being okay didn't get great reviews. Community didn't get great reviews at first. Yeah, it could be that it just, you know, needs a few episodes to find its footing or whatever, but I don't know. I think it was probably going to be a pretty fine line to walk to begin with. It was like, there's some stuff where, like, I was watching it and it blatantly felt like I was just watching, like, Star Trek. Like, a a... Family Guy in Space. No, like... Or Galaxy Quest. 
Yeah, it was more like, no, well, not even Gal, but it just felt like they were like really just hedging right on Star Trek without saying anything specific about it. Like, it was really weird to watch. So, I don't know. I'll give, I might give it another couple episodes if I don't find anything else to watch the next little while. Somebody was telling me I, I really should watch Narcos. So, I was like, maybe I'll binge. Oh, yeah. Yep. I just finished the third season of Narcos uh, yesterday. It's really good. The issue is like, because it's so heavily subtitled, I have to pay like really close attention to it. Yeah, yeah. Or else I just get lost. Yeah, they were saying that. Somebody was saying that to me this week. They were like, you should watch it. But like, it's not something you can watch and like flip through your phone or like yeah. draw at the same time. Because it's like you have to actually watch it and like read. I'm like, no. Yeah. I don't know if I'm in the mood for that right now. But Ober and Martin. But no, it is. Yeah. I've heard it's amazing. though. So It is. It's really well done and uh, and really engaging. Yeah. It's only what three seasons? That's not too bad. I yeah, probably, and I, like I they're ten, ten or twelve episodes each, something like that. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of which, or speaking of Star Trek, not Narcos. Anyway, um, we're uh, ten days away from Discovery launch. Yeah. And because of that, Netflix has been po- have posted something this week, and we want to show that Christy could gloat. <laughs> so <laughs> Netflix posted a list of the most rewatched Star War- Star Trek episodes, and now my goddamn link won't open. This is awesome. I, I can. Good I've got it podcasting. open. If you need me to you have it open, uh, yeah. Can, yeah. You want you want to hop in there? So, so the number one uh, most rewatched episode of Star Trek on all of Netflix. So, what, however many like hundreds of uh, Star Trek well, episodes there are, is all four seasons of Star Trek, or all five series of Star Trek are on yeah. there, plus the animated series. So that's got to be well over seven hundred episodes, five hundred episodes. I think I think they said seven hundred, but that's. Yeah, that's. Can we just get the fact that it's motherfucking Janeway? Yes, the number one is the uh, the series finale of Voyager. So Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> Look and at like, all the Voyager. Out of the, out of the top ten, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six of them are Voyager yeah! episodes, and the other four are all TNG episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm astounded. First of all, there's no there's yeah. no original dun, series whatsoever. Dun. Yeah, in there because Voyager's good. <laughs> Christy, ah! even you don't believe that. I can hear it in your voice. Well, it's better than the original. <laughs> Whoa, that's fucking blasphemy. The original's a classic. I've never watched all of the originals. Ah, I have, but it and it was tough to get through. It is tough to get through, but it's fun to watch in spots. Yeah. So. Well, and there's some episodes that are just phenomenal, but there are some yeah. that are just garbage. Just fucking garbage. Just yeah, absolute fucking trash. But I think that could be said for every Star Trek series. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, you know what else is fun to watch? The fact that a female-empowered, like, feminine and kick-ass captain was the top watch show on Netflix because fuck you, Mark. Fuck <laughs> you, <laughs> Because right. you kept saying Janeway sucked, and Janeway has spoken. The masses have spoken. Kate is the greatest. The I mean, funniest thing, the funniest thing to me on this has been watching like all of the uh, Star Trek fans on my Facebook feed like try and justify this, and people are being like, "Well, true, like TNG fans would normally watch the Blu-rays. They wouldn't watch it on Netflix." Which was the argument that Nerdist and I both yeah. made, so there is that. Or, like, that it was skewed for, like, you know, the algorithm was skewed for other, like, fucking obscure, ridiculous reasons and shit like that. So I thought that that was pretty fucking funny to watch people try and justify it. I was just surprised at the numbers being, like, that Voyager had that many of the top ten. I thought it would have been I more. I was as well. 
show. I thought it would have leaned more into TNG being more rewatched, but I figured it would have been a mix of TNG and original series. Yeah, uh, for the most part, with maybe like one or two. I, I'm I'm not surprised there's not Enterprise and there's not DS9 episodes in there because those do seem to only appeal to like sort of real Star Trek fans kind of thing. Less casual. Space well. Nine also is difficult difficult too because it's not like a, one you'll just watch like an episode of. It's not like a, a drop in so kind of in the middle serialized. of it. It's it's very serialized, so it's hard to just kind of drop in and watch one episode of it unless you've seen it a million times. But yeah. so I can see that and like Enterprise. I think Enterprise is vastly underrated, but I I I've never I don't think I've rewatched it so since like it finished it finished I rewatched it and then that was it but I haven't watched it since. Mm. Whereas I still go in, but like I I will drop in on Netflix and watch like a couple episodes of TNG here and there. So yeah. I don't know. Well, obviously you don't watch it enough. <laughs> well, apparently not. Didn't skew the numbers enough to make make a big difference. So although I do have them on Blu-ray, so I do watch them on there. I'm surprised All Good Things wasn't on here because, like, I fucking love that uh, TNG finale. That was... It's a dense sit, though. Like, it's not... It is, yeah, I guess. But so... I I love that, like, watching uh, Picard bounce back and forth through those, like, different time periods and everything. And That was pretty cool. Now that this is open, though, like, it does... It, this is a very Borg-skewed list, so that may have some factor uh, in, in it. Yeah, like, a lot of those episodes, true. A lot of those episodes center around the Borg. So that may be kind of what people are doing is just like flipping through like Borg just episodes. just watching yeah Stop like trying to justify it guys no that could that could very I'm well be saying, like no the and, Borg are they're really cool yeah Endgame Endgame has the Borg in it Best of Both Worlds is obviously the Borg Scorpion is like the introduction of the Borg um, Q Who is when Q Who's the introduction yeah, yeah that's yeah that's right Scorpion's across. the introduction on Voyager like that's I was that gonna game. say it's not the introduction. Yeah, Q, 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 Q Who is the one where he just sends them across the universe and they just encounter the, uh, the Q, one Q, right? Yeah, in yeah. two five. Yeah. yeah. I still remember the sector they were in. I gotta, that doesn't surprise I me, though, because the Borg are the best villains in that show. Yeah. Like, yeah. hands down, no question. And also, guys, you're forgetting Seven of Nine. Horny <laughs> boys. Yeah, I guess. She's not really in Scorpion 1 and 2, like, in her final, like, hottie outfit, though. So, that's... yeah. That's where she gets, she shows up, but it's not like whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, like the one that weirded me out was time and again, like episode three of Voyager being like so high, like being in number nine and yeah. clues on of Next Generation. That is a terrible fucking episode. <laughs> so I don't know why. Is that one of the Sherlock Holmes holodeck ones? No, it's um an episode where they all get. I think it's the one where they all get brainwashed. Oh, and then they all have to figure out who's who and. Yeah, I think that's it's that one. Who like they're they're trying to like determine who's the captain. And there's another first officer and all that stuff who's on there, mm-hmm. and it's like from I think it's that one. It's either that or it's the one where they they go to a planet that can destroy them, but like they ha- they make a deal to get sent away, and Data has to get repro or like programmed to not tell them kind of thing, and mm. whatever they figure it out. It's one of those two. I can't. Remember. Oh yeah, I remember that one too. Yeah, right. so it's one of those two. But it is it, these are a lot of Borg episodes, so there is that. Mm-hmm. All right, that's uh, that's all I had on my little uh, list of shit to talk about. Do you guys have anything else? Let's see, I had a couple more. Uh, one, just because we're all fucking clamoring and hungry for Game of Thrones news. Apparently the last season of Game of Thrones is probably going to have multiple uh, endings filmed, so as <gasps> not to spoil it. Yeah. So That's awesome, I hope I see all of them. 
<laughs> I'm sure they will release them all. They're just going to be like sh- out in the middle of fields with a bunch of fans around them shooting like killing Daenerys or something like that. Just so <laughs> can spread that around the internet. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, probably. Or John. Um, but anyway, it's not about that. Or both. Or everybody dies and the fucking walkers take over. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> that's like the Reapers. What? I just wanted a Mass Effect plug. Come on, Tim. Oh, okay, sure. Mass Effect, that's a thing. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it continued to get really good reviews and uh, a lot of press and stuff like that. And my favorite news related to it this week is that there apparently have been people that have been dressing up as scary clowns and going to the showings to the point where, like, they'll get in there before everybody else and just sit there holding a red balloon until people start to wander in. If I was working at a movie theater, I would be bringing an usher in and being like, you're dressing up as a fucking clown and sitting here all night. Amazing. Like, that's your job. That was, I, was, I thought about that. I was sitting there like, how would you market this? Like, you've seen the balloon thing popping up and I'm like... You just hire, you just bring one of your ushers in, dress them up in a clown suit before the shows, and sit him there with a red balloon. That's can it. Wait, can, and then he just, just stares at people as they walk to their yeah. seat. Can we just quickly for a second people. though talk about how long Tim held a fake balloon in his hand? <laughs> like, you held that for quite a while. <laughs> no, fake that's, balloon. That was my beer. <laughs> have you guys have you guys seen it yet? No, I haven't had a chance this week, so I'm I wanna yeah. go I wanna go tomorrow or Saturday, so I wanna It's real good. Yeah, yeah I was thinking about, amazing. So. I was thinking about seeing it last weekend, but uh, Alicia had work to do for school, and so then just move back to Canada so we can go together. You fuck. Well, Alicia actually wants to see it, and she hardly ever wants to go see movies. So yeah, I'm but I could I could have been I could have third wheeled with you. <laughs> True. Uh, third wheel with you and Mark too, but I didn't get an invitation. Thanks, Christy. Thanks. <laughs> oh, sorry. We decided last minute, and you can't drive from Milton. I can drive from Milton whenever I want. Not when you have 20 minutes to get to the theater, bruh. I have the 407. I could get there. That's true. Sorry, I made a mistake. Yeah. Anyway. I had a little bit more sad news, which is probably only sort of relevant to Disney fans. What? 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 An Imagineer uh, named uh, Ex Atencio uh, passed away this past week. He had worked for the Disney company for ages and ages he uh was 98 when he died and like started working for disney in the 30s uh and was yeah he so he worked on like pinocchio and then he did a lot of stuff in the theme parks uh he did work on like the haunted mansion and pirates of the caribbean at disneyland and he wrote the lyrics to yo ho yo ho a pirate's life for me actually so yeah that one was kind of sad i mean he was fucking like 98 years old so clearly lived a long and very full life but uh it was like fucking live the dream too like he got to be an imagineer for fucking disney like that's yeah. like for his whole life i feel yeah. like his whole life that'd be like me like penciling fucking comic books till i was in my 90s it'd be amazing and in like the golden days too right like yeah in, like absolutely. the 40s and 50s Through all kind of, of it like, like yeah when did he work there till like i'm sure he retired at some uh point. yeah i think he probably retired like a good 20 or something years ago or something like that but uh it doesn't say yeah, so he got to do like oh, he retired. He retired in '84. So I mean, really, like through that whole like yeah. golden age of Disney, yeah. right? Like, uh, yeah. you know, Snow White, yeah. all, like Pinocchio, like all, the, all the big original stuff, right? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And like through the you know the beginnings of of Disneyland and all the theme parks and shit yeah. like that. So that's amazing. Yeah. Let's see. 
This week we celebrated the 25th anniversary of uh, Harley Quinn, the DC That's character. Right. Uh, she premiered 25 years ago on Monday on Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, I was watching. There's uh, Adam Hughes was posting videos of him uh, inking and coloring the cover to a hardcover that they're doing. Oh, yeah. So. I think that came out this week. The, like, yeah. The 25th, the 25th anniversary. anniversary. Yeah, yeah he, he was inking the cover to it. And I was just like, oh, you draw pretty girls, Adam Hughes. Good yes. for you. Also, yes, he does. Talented penciler. <laughs> be nice if he did, ever did interiors, but like, I guess if you make that much money just doing covers all the time, that'd be a he sweet draws, He draws very nice boobs. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Great. And because the majority of comic book fans are dudes, that is enough that you can fucking survive on. You can butter your bread with boobs. Yep. <laughs> and this one I thought was kind of fun. So there's been the talk for a while now about there being a Stan Lee biopic. And oh. Stan Lee apparently has said that Leonardo DiCaprio would like to play him in this biopic. Of course Stan Lee said that. <laughs> Stan Lee, who was the... Well, I already said last week that he was a Dragon Con. He was also the Grand Marshal of the Dragon Con Parade. Oh, and got to, sit, got to sit next to two uh, very pretty Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy cosplayers. Nice. One of who I happen to know is a stripper. Good for Stan. <laughs> 90 whatever years old. Just <laughs> yep. whatever. And then the last one, which is pretty fucking random, but I don't know if Mark and I talked about this a little bit before and neither of us know this original series very well. And I'm guessing Christy doesn't either, but there was a series in the eighties called the greatest American hero about basically a superhero uh, that got his powers from an alien super suit or something like that. But apparently they're remaking this series with a, uh, Indian American heroine, so a female heroine that is Indian American. So I don't know. It's new new superhero TV, so I figured I'd mention it, but I have no frame of reference for the original series. Yeah, I've never I've never even heard of it before. So the only thing I really know about this series, you guys remember the Seinfeld episode where George is like struggling to figure out his answering machine message, and eventually it's uh, believe it or not, I'm. Not at home. Not not a Seinfeld guy. So yeah. me either. But that so the the song that he ends up making into his answering machine message is the theme song to Greatest American Hero. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Anyways. So yeah, I have no fucking idea anything else about that. that so at this point, they're just milking any superhero franchise they can get to bring. It seems to, TV. to be yeah, yeah, and just. Nice. Just trying to rehash whatever they can, kind of thing. There's not, there's not enough because it's a trend now. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna hit that saturation point real quick. Uh, I, think, I think, I think we're, I think we're there now. I think, like, I, I think we're coming up on it pretty quickly. I can't even. I don't. Even, I don't like if they added something that I actually wanted to watch. I don't know when I would find time to fucking watch it at this point. Because like, yeah, I've already found myself falling behind. Like I watch basically all of them. There's and you, and you one watch, or two you that I don't. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't watch like Lucifer and I don't watch that one either. or two others, but. Yeah, it's it's been tough, especially when like all of the, uh, the Flareover stuff, all the yeah. CW shows are on. It's definitely difficult to keep up with all of them. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm that's why I'm kind of glad Star Trek's coming out. Hopefully, it's like a bingeable kind of thing. Like it's not going to be yeah. week to week, so I can just like watch it in a weekend and get through it and be excited, and that'll be the end of it. Because I, I don't know how I'll feel about that week to week. So. Plus the the first season is not like a full season too, right? It's no, like, I think it's like it's twelve episodes or something, or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, 
Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that when uh, that uh, that actually comes out because uh, yeah. that is something we'll all probably watch. I Hell assume. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, guys. It's uh, Geek of the Week time. Right. Geek of the Week. <laughs> we should talk about that. Geek or something? Of the Week. Quiet sting ever. I don't know why, but all of a sudden in my head, I was just like, ah! Geek of the week! Well, we'll, have, we'll do the Led Zeppelin episode way down the line. I'll actually have to get you to listen to those records at some point, Christy. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do that as soon as I watch Die Hard. Very exciting. Uh, so what's your Geek of the Week? And Terminator and Buffy and... <laughs> what was that? What's your Geek of the Week, Christy? Oh, right. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ooh. Not like we've been doing this for sixty episodes. Sixty-one. No, Sixty-one. <laughs> um. So what? Uh, what was my geek of the week? Well, my geek of the week was probably that I. Um, I okay. Well, it's like musical theater geeky. Um, the worst kind. The worst. well, the worst kind. I downloaded um a whole bunch. It's not even musical theater, but like a whole bunch of '80s power ballads. And 90s power ballads. Oh, wow. And just like gunned it down the highway, scream singing for like three days straight. Now, (laughs) name some of these power ballads because I want to know what your definition of a 90s power ballad is. Okay. Like Toto? So pretty much. Oh, yeah. Toto reigns in um, Africa. Yeah. Um, We also have Fancy, Reuben McIntyre. We have... um, Tell him with uh, Barbara Streisand and um, Celine Dion. Uh, My heart will go on. Celine Dion. Oh we Jesus! Have, um, I think these are just ballads. Power ballads usually indicate some kind of rock going on. Um, how dare you? There have to be powerful ballads, and uh, they are powerful and they are ballads. So your definition is incorrect. But um, in my world, anyway, uh, where's the uh, all the Disney songs um, from like the '90s at the end of the movies? Like, uh, hashtag bring back Peebo. Um, what? Bryson. Peebo Bryson. Who, boy, Peebo! He, he sang, he, uh, did the musical numbers for Aladdin. And Beauty and the Beast. Oh, did he? Okay. What is wrong with, you call yourself a Disney fan and you don't know that Peebo and Celine did Beauty and the Beast. Tim, what I, is wrong with you? Who I own, are you? I own the fact that my Disney nerdery is uh, primarily Disney Parks stuff. What the f- what is, it's in it. It's in it. Moving on. I'm so disappointed in you right now. But um, I also like have some things like Heart, um, What About Love? So like just scream singing that while I'm driving That's down the highway. I'm like, what about love? Does I want someone to care about you? And like meatloaf, um, paradise by the dashboard light. You know, just like. And this is how Christy got a bunch of speeding tickets. Yeah. yeah. At one point, I was like, I was so into it. I was just like singing, and all of a sudden, I looked at my speed, and I was going 150 in an 80 zone, and I was like, oh, <laughs> wow, shit. <laughs> Calm your shit, Christy. Well, to Calm be fair, that's shit. that's just that's just driving with the flow of traffic on the four hundred one these days. Apparently, oh so I mean, <laughs> it was like it was scary though. I was just like, oh shit, I really have to. I, I really gotta really gotta monitor 
Better. Four one is in an eighty. Yeah, eighty <laughs> is bad. Yeah. Cops don't uh, listen to this. I never did that. This is a lie. <laughs> this is not evidence. Christy incriminates herself once again. You, you shouldn't be listening to this, police. You have better things to do, like capture violent criminals. You should be listening <laughs> while they're waiting for a call to come in. No, you know what? That's dangerous too. Police, do your job. Okay, stop listening to this nerd podcast. Don't don't trash the police, man. That's I'm not idea. trashing the police. I just don't want them to come after me because I just <laughs> did some admitting. Admit it. Admit it to speeding. That's fine. <laughs> what about love? How can you not speed when you're scream singing 80s power ballads? I just don't. I don't like it's no. hair metal. You gotta be like. Wah! Yeah, yeah, but I'm not gonna like speed when I'm listening to like Hakuna Matata, for instance, or Celine Dion. Um, the only thing I might do is speed into a speed into a fucking okay. divider or off an okay. overpass. Or something. Whoa. How dare you say that about Canada's national treasure? Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. No, you don't get to define Canada's national treasure as Celine Dion. Not Celine, Celine Dion, Dion is one we of will- them. We will have our episode at one point about the definitive Canadian artist, and Mark and I will. Have a falling I'm not out. Saying she's yeah. <laughs> I'm saying she's one of the national treasures. You said the. You said like national treasure. I you said as in like one of Canada's Canada's national treasure. Yeah. As in, I didn't say the first and the only. I said Canada's national okay. treasure. There can be multiple national treasures. Okay, we've seen that hear. in the movies with Nicolas Cage. There are many <laughs> national treasures. Speaking of national treasures, oh Nicolas Cage. I thought that was a good segue, <laughs> but good. anyway, that's that was that was my geek of the week, right. and I watched Garrus and cried in my office because oh, I'm <laughs> I miss him. Are you finished that fucking game yet? We we need to we need to our listeners want to know if you're finished that game or not. I'm, I'm sure. almost done. We've talked about this already today. I know. I'm not. You didn't record it though, Christy. What about love? Don't All right. Hey, what was your geek of the week, buddy? Uh, my geek was my week was definitely less geeky than the previous week but I did uh, I did start watching the new series of uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 oh nice Um, somebody from the Nerdist is on that now who from the Nerdist is on it keep talking I'll figure it out no um, so I'd watched uh, I haven't watched like all every episode because like it's got like 12 yeah. or some seasons and they're all like fucking every episode is like 90 minutes long because they're just you know basically riff tracks on full length movies um but i've listened i've watched a lot of the older episodes uh jonah ray is the guy he's on he's one of the the three hosts on the oh the yeah movie. he's the he's the actual like sort of the main the main dude yeah, yeah. okay yeah. uh yeah i didn't i didn't realize he was from the nerdist originally but uh yeah, yeah so um i'm through like the first couple of episodes now and it's good and i the thing with the older series is that a lot of the jokes were really like dated. Um, they yeah. were really like uh, you had to sort of grow up in like the seventies and eighties to kind of get them kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I got a lot of it, but there was some stuff that went over my head. And on this, like it seems to be like targeted right at my fucking demographic kind of thing. So I'm getting yeah. like, you know, 99% of the jokes kind of thing. So yeah, I've been really enjoying it. I definitely recommend it. It has uh, a lot of the same vibe as the originals with some nice updates. Felicia Day is good on it. Uh, Patton Oswalt's good on it. Yeah. So yeah, I I, sh- I shall definitely continue watching the other ten or so episodes of the season. I've been meaning to check it out. I do like Jonah Ray. Like I, I like the, all all three of the guys that are on the Nerdist. Even Hardwick. I know a lot of people shit on him, but I think he's pretty funny. 
so I've been meaning to watch this. I just haven't taken the time because like ninety minute episodes and like big seasons of that. I'm like, ah, that's time commitment. Blah blah blah. So yeah, got to kind of sit down and watch it. But yeah, and it's right now. It's just kind of between because most things are sort of between seasons right now. Is why I had sort of the time to sit down, and it's one of the things that's been sitting on my list uh, for a while to to sit down and watch. So. Um, pretty soon I'll switch over to watching like more Halloween themed stuff. I think I might try and uh, watch The Exorcist and Hannibal uh, sort of as we go into Halloween season because uh, I haven't watched either of those yet. Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to plan our plan our October again, guys. Because yep. I know I know we like to do that horror themed October, so I'll have to figure out how we're gonna do that this year. Yep. So that was me. Awesome. Um, well, my geek of the week. So last Saturday, I went and saw Queens of the Stone Age and Royal Blood, yeah. and it was amazing. And my full review is already on our Facebook group because um, <laughs> I love to shout out Mark Anderson because he asked me like the next day um, how the show was, and like I said, it was it was an amazing show to see. Royal Blood, and then Blake Blake jumped into that combo too, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, he was asking me about. I think he was catching oh, up to an old show. episode. Right, right. Yeah, yeah and he was oh, talking yeah, about one of the right, music right. episodes, and I would mentioned uh, Source Tags and Codes by Trail of Dead. Right, yeah. Trail of Dead. And he, he and I were at, it was in 2014, they toured and like just played Source Tags and Codes. The full album? Yeah, the full album, which most of their set list since that album has come out has been like six or seven songs of that album anyway. Like They play most of it all the time anyway, but they played the full record that night, and it was 2014 at least Palace, and he and I were at the same show, so... Shout out to both those guys because they were helping me be a music nerd this week. And, <laughs> nice. But yeah, yeah, it was uh, apparently the biggest show Queens of the Stone Age had ever like headlined by themselves because it's a thirty thousand seat like amphitheater at Budweiser Stage now or something like that. So it was about almost at the end of the show. We were so loud and like continuously cheering. I I think I I think I saw Josh get kind of choked up by how like overwhelmed he was by all the people like all us crazy drunk canadians cheering for him and it was uh it was kind of fun because i got i'd bought a, a pair of tickets that were like right off the right off the floor like in the second row in the middle and my sister and her new boyfriend decided that they wanted to go to the show so i was <laughs> like you guys take those seats but you're buying me a floor seat so i ended <laughs> up uh on my own more or less in the mosh pit for that queens of the stone age show that sounds um, amazing oops sorry it was fucking bonkers and like but it was funny because like i thought it was pretty tame for most of the show and as i was walking out some kid who could must be like 10 10 or 15 years younger than i am was walking i'm like couldn't believe how crazy that pit was and i was like you should have been in the pit in 2002 when they had like dave Grohl drumming for them it was like i thought i was gonna <laughs> die but okay i'm glad you guys had fun it didn't seem that nuts to me and i was like well you guys saw the pictures i took i was probably five or six yeah. people back from the front yeah. I wasn't, so you but were yeah, it was a good time. A, oh, it was a fucking awesome show. It was a fantastic show. So, yeah. It was good. Good times. So then uh, we decided what we were going to do this week, and that was my real geek of the week, probably, was just the amount of research and listening that I did to do this week's episode. So do we want to sting in meat of the episode, guys? Meat of the episode. Meat, meat, Radio meat. You should have done it like, I'm a meat. I'm a cheese curd. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I think I have poutine on my mind. That has nothing to do with what we're Sounds talking like about. It. No, meat, not at all. Poutine. Um, so the media, we've been threatening to do this episode for since we started the podcast, I think, pretty much. 
they have been threatening. You always never said you never said no. Fuck off. I know. Chrissy. I just wanted to. I just wanted to be antagonistic for a minute. Okay. Yeah. Chrissy, Chrissy just wants to be the bummer this week. I think. Yeah, that's fine. That's yeah, fine. I want to be the Mark from last week. Nobody gets me. Nobody <laughs> likes what I like. Uh, I like all my own things, and nobody will ever like all the stuff that I like. I think Mark's gonna get to be get get to do that later this episode too. Which is pretty appropriate for this episode, considering we are talking about Radiohead. So, <laughs> Radiohead! Yay! So, anyway, so Radiohead is an English rock band. I don't know if people are... Don't know <laughs> no <they're>... way! <laughs> I thought they were Jamaican. It's a lot of white guys for a Jamaican band. <laughs> Yo, how dare you stereotype. Um, that's fair. That's fair. I guess they could be Jamaican. I don't... I'm trying to picture Mark's navigating this very carefully right now. I'm trying to picture see. Tom York in a Rasta hat and like <laughs> smoking a giant doob. And it's like To be uh, fair, I feel like they probably have smoked a shit ton of pot. Oh, they're they yeah, they've smoked a fuck ton of weed. <laughs> We've all heard the albums, we know they smoke yeah. a lot of drugs. So So anyway, uh we were going to talk about Radiohead. So I asked the guys a bunch of questions mm-hmm. and I'm assuming you all know who Radiohead are at this point. If you don't well, you're probably listening band. to the wrong podcast. You're obviously listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> um, we've talked about them a couple times though, because we uh, they both Tim and I have OK Computer in our top ten list. If I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to remember yeah. where mine where it fell in mine. I think it was like number six or something. It was like my that. number five. Yeah, so they were they're really high up and highly regarded by at least two of us on the podcast. We'll see. Yeah, Chrissy, 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 yeah. Chrissy had in rainbows. Chrissy had in rainbows. That's yeah. right. I forgot about it in rainbows. Sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. Chill. I apologize. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I'm turning Why Chrissy's screen me? off. She's like like. I'm, watching Tim. I'm watching Tim for the rest of the night, I think. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. There you go. All right, guys. Oh, so love. Stop singing other stuff. Sing Radiohead if you're going to sing now. Don't you want someone to care about? Would you rather no. I sing Fancy? Mm, no. no, definitely not. No, I, I rock that song. You don't even. Well, yeah, but this know. isn't fucking karaoke night. Fine, yeah. let's talk about Radiohead and not Reba McIntyre. So oh I God. think our listeners probably want to hear more about Reba. <laughs> they want and a I Reba think I would episode. know. Yeah. I think I would know because I knew about Janeway. So I'm listeners, just saying. Listeners, do you want a Reba episode? If you really want a Reba McIntyre episode, <laughs> I'll get Christy. And my mom on an episode together, and they could do a bonus episode about oh, it, I guys, guess. I don't even I don't... know if mom likes Reba McIntyre. I'm just assuming she does. So, Well, that's rude. Yeah, I am. It is rude. That's unfortunate. I just, I don't know much about Reba, but I did like her music. Okay. So, Radiohead, um, where did you guys first hear them? Tim. We'll start with Tim, because he's going to talk about Radiohead, not Reba McIntyre. <laughs> uh, Tim's me... too busy just talking on Facebook. <laughs> uh, that's um, all he's doing. I don't think he hears dinging from Tim. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I'm pretty sure for me, I'm pro. I probably heard Radiohead first, like on Much Music, like their videos and stuff like that. They were popping up, like uh, sort of the the ones from the Benz, um, okay. or even like Creep, uh, like Just. I know that High and Dry was played a lot at like our high school dances and stuff like that. Good for um, high school slow dances. It was very yeah. good for high school slow dances. We haven't had a song like that in a while on the podcast, but no, I true. definitely have some good, awkward boner high high uh, high school slow dance memories with high and dry. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those. It was one of those. Moments. Actually, that's kind of funny because your boulder would be high and dry after the fact, anyway. <laughs> Boom! Pick a place to die where it's high and dry. Oh, yeah, that, that's what I was singing to the girls. Don't leave me high. Don't, don't leave me dry. Don't leave me dry. <laughs> but it was great because, like, you know, a lot of those like high school slow dance songs were like shitty songs I didn't give a shit about. But in this case, I was like, yeah, this is my fucking jam. This is the one right. that I, you know, can really like feel kind of thing. Uh, right. So yeah, that was probably it for me. It was like you know early nineties, like ninety five, ninety six. Would have been ninety five. Ninety five was uh, Pablo Honey, I want to say. No, uh, no, because oh, ninety seven was, was OK Computer. Ninety three was Pablo Honey. Ninety five is the Benz. Yeah, because I remember Creep getting played a lot early on, but I probably didn't really start paying attention till. Um, it was probably the Benz, like Just was probably that it was probably the mm-hmm. Just video. That yeah, that really, video like, blew the fuck up. Yeah, that bloody video was fucking massive. So I remember that and uh, Street Spirit getting a lot of play in like ninety five, so it'll been like grade mm-hmm. nine, I guess. So that was when I probably picked up on them, and that was where that this whole nightmare started. So. <laughs> nightmare. I, I would say Odyssey. Music Odyssey. A uh, musical Odyssey? <laughs> yeah. Christy. Mm? Where do you start with Radiohead? Around a campfire when I was a camp counselor. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. Singing what? Um, they would sing. Well, I I didn't actually know Radiohead before I went to camp, and I did I did go to camp when I was like fourteen. So as a counselor, so I discovered them around then. But um, it was I was mostly um, fake plastic trees was the first song I heard. Okay, good cause it's a good song. Yeah, yeah, it's a quality song. Still one of my favorites. And um, uh, there was a guy named Rob who played Radiohead quite a bit and he would bring out his guitar and he would just like sing these beautiful songs. I didn't know it was Radiohead for the longest time. I didn't know who it was and I was too shy to ask him. And um, was he, I just was remember he, a handsome boy, Christy? he was handsome, but he wasn't <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't want to date Rob. Um, Did I he think... make you cry behind a dumpster? No, that was James. <laughs> <laughs> He's married now. Oh, um, it's always fun to find out the exes are married, right? Yeah, yeah. But he's married to his high school sweetheart. Tim, stop liking shit. Pay attention to the I had to fucking close the tab. All I could hear is people posting in that fucking thread. I had to close the tab. Says Christy, the one who's like constantly playing fucking games on her phone while we're podcasting. Um, When was the last time I did that? Uh, I don't know. We can't see your hands. When was the last time I did that? I don't know. We last know. week, really long probably time. last week, probably <laughs> no, five minutes ago while really we were doing something time. else. No, I was eating soup five minutes ago oh, and right, I muted right. myself, so I was yeah. being. Good. You know what, boys? That's enough. Okay, I All was right. telling you a beautiful story about campfire and Radiohead. All right, so tell us your story. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to save Eric from having from having to fucking listen or watch Babylon Five. Well, why would he volunteer to watch Babylon 5 in the first place? No, but why that's are we talking what about he was Babylon talking about Five? that thread. Anyways. Oh, is that what they're talking about? Yeah. I kind of like was ignoring the thread for the most part, so whatever. <laughs> anyway, so, so. You, around the Radiohead, so did you go and like pick up, I don't know, would you go download songs or pick up albums or look up music well, videos? I don't know how this works for millennials, so. Shut up. I'm out of no, touch. I um. I didn't know it was Radiohead for the longest time, but I I liked all of these. Like, he had particular songs that I really enjoyed, and um, one of the another one was Creep, and um, another one was oh, which was it? Uh, well, anyway, those were the two big ones that he would play, 
And um, one day I YouTubed them. I, I just went on like, YouTube. Like and found late, late 90s? Yeah, this was like late. Ni- no, it was, it was about 2004. Five. You weren't, you weren't 14 in 2005. I was an 89 baby. So oh, 99 oh. would make me 10. Okay. 2005 would make me 14. No, your no, math wrong. That would have been like 16. Yeah, yep, you you're right. You're right. You're a, yep. <laughs> you're a humanities major. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm a humanities major too, and I knew that. So <laughs> I didn't know what the actual number was. It would have been 15 or 16. If I was an 89, I said for. Uh, Let's just, if I was an 89 baby. You said you were 14 in 2005, which would be inaccurate. No. By one year. Just chill. Anyway. <laughs> you would have been anyway. 15 or 16. Okay. Yes. And um, I ended up uh, just going on YouTubes and looking up what I thought the song titles were. That's, and... a, that's, a, that's a, a dangerous Radiohead thing, too. We can, I don't yeah. know if we have to talk about that, but like a lot of their songs are listed by their that's... lyrics because yeah. they. Well, in the early days of file sharing, yeah. Yeah, non-appearing was, titles yeah. of Radiohead Trope, so. That was the problem, though, is that I, I had no idea who they were, and I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't know, I, I don't, I didn't want to ask anybody, because I was nervous, because I didn't want to seem not cool, because everyone was like, oh, you're going to, and um, I, uh, what was it, what was the other song, it's driving me nuts, anyway, um, it was just, uh, yeah, and then I, I found them, and I listened to a whole bunch of their music, and at first I didn't really get them. Um, to be perfectly honest, I preferred Rob, and then uh, I started listening to them more and ended up enjoying them. But it took me a little while to actually really like get into Radiohead because I was a musical theater kid. Like, I didn't, I didn't know any of that shit. So that's so. a little out there for you, a little subversive for you. It's a little obtuse for uh, if you're into that straightforward kind of like musical theater. No, like, that wasn't right yet. on. Yeah, I was. Th- I thought for a second it was all I need, but that wasn't out yet. No, that'd be Would it have been like Karma, Karma Police, Police or something like that? Yeah, it might have been Karma Police. That 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 seems like a good like campfirey kind of song. Yeah, I know he did play All I Need, but I know th- I know it wasn't with campers because it was a really sexual song. Yes. So. <laughs> well, creep definitely. You couldn't sing around campers. That's not. That's that's true. Words. Well, you could but, edit the the real yeah. one swear in it, right? Um. But. But I sang that to a baby. <laughs> That's the other part of my origin sort of with uh, with Radiohead too. is in my band in high school, uh, we definitely played uh, a couple of Radiohead songs. We played Creep and we played My Iron Lung. Okay. I've been oh, in a couple of bands that have done like covers with covers of them. I like, think the most ambitious, I actually was in a band that regularly did Paranoid Android, which was uh, a rough. That seems messy at best to cover. It was... It was actually we we did it pretty well considering like it is kind of a rough song and it's got so many time changes and shit like that and that would be the really tough part to coordinate. But that's all me, right? Like that's yeah. all the drummer who has to deal with that. So if well, I'm exactly, okay with and the it, drummer's shit. So yeah, the drummer sucks. So <laughs> it's actually it's all pretty straightforward four if you listen to it. So it's not that. No, big. most of it's or there's big chunks of it that are like seven four. Uh, three four one two three one two three four one two three. No, it's all. It's pretty. I don't know. I've never had a problem playing it, so it's all pretty straight time. So I think the the middle parts in like seven eight, but like yeah. that's it. So other anyway. Oh yeah, the the bridge, the like yeah, that's yeah. that's seven eight. 
Yeah, but I think he's playing straight time over top of it. So mm-hmm. it loops like the, the guitars in seven eight, but I don't think the drums are. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, cool. Yeah, we could talk about time signatures. You guys really want to get into their weird shit? Like, <laughs> they do some fancy music nerd stuff. If you want to get into it, um, we will. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. So moving along. So what what hooked you? Like what made Radiohead like a band that was like gonna stick with you, Tim? For me, um, I mean, it sounds weird, but it it was uh some of it was the hooks like uh radiohead is a very like sort of non-standard out there kind of band but they do write some fucking amazing hooks um but in but it was also like sort of the anti-establishment like sentiment of most of their music as well and sort of the counter mainstream kind of idea um this goes to like the fucking like casual rebel in me kind of thing yeah uh, which which has come out a couple times on the podcast before, but is also the musicality, right? Like, I uh, grew up like being trained in music and like reading music and playing different instruments and stuff like that and singing, and just like the level of uh, instru- uh, of musicianship that goes into their music is really amazing. And this is where like those crazy time signatures and shit like that comes in as well. So yeah, all of that really is what like got me into it and just that like really fucking like fuzzy grungy sound as well um was you know that was something that everybody was sort of clamoring for at that period in time at least everybody that wasn't a cool kid was sort of clamoring for in the mid 90s (laughs) kind of thing yeah they definitely fell like right into like my guitar rock niche right like that that column of music that i like fall into and really like kind of thing Mm -hmm. so like those those first especially the bands in okay computer were just like like, I remember, I think, okay, we've talked about it on the podcast before, where OK Computer took me a little while to get into, mm-hmm. but I, I saw them tour that record. Like, it was one of the first shows I ever, like, went out of town by myself to see. I think I went with some people, some friends from the theater to see them play when they toured that. Not the musical theater, Christy. No, it's not fine. a musical theater. <laughs> it's not as good, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I played, a, I worked at a movie theater. Sorry, yeah. So when I saw them first, they were at the, I was at the old Maple Leaf Gardens in 98, and I think about me and a bunch of people from the movie theater, I had some friends that were getting me into music. I got into a lot of music from my the group of older people that were at the theater, and Radiohead was one of those bands that were like, we have an extra ticket to this Maple Leaf Gardens show, do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, all right. I didn't really like the album, but it sounds like it'd be fun to go to a rock show, so absolutely. <laughs> and while, well, lo and behold, they were like spectacularly good live on top of that. <laughs> so from there on, it was kind of where the record kind of gelled with me and they became like a band that i would they're not a band that i follow like die hard like i'm not a die hard die hard radiohead fan but like when an album comes out it's one of those things like oh shit i need to hear this like i need to know what's yeah. going on and when they come around i see them every time because i was looking at the list of like shows they played in toronto and was like man i was at all of these like you're getting ahead of us mark yeah so we are getting ahead a little bit of where I, what i wanted to talk <laughs> about um so christy mm-hmm what about you? What uh, what kind of well, how did they get their hooks in you? Well, I don't know. I I found their music to be very sexy. Interesting. Tom York, not not no. the word I would use to describe Tom York. But... Now, there's there is a a subgenre, a subgroup of their fans that find Tom very very appealing <laughs> in a sexual way. They actually have a name for it, and they call themselves Yorkies. Homosexuals. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So people that are attracted to guys with lazy eyes. I yeah, and interesting teeth and interesting dancing <laughs> style. Yeah, and yeah, 
bad ch- bad tasting hair color a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, a good point in the nineties. But no, I can I can see that the I I find oh, the music, a yeah, lot absolutely. of the music like very sexy as well. But yeah, no, I I just thought that they were like they just had this really cool vibe that I had never experienced before. In like the only thing I could think of that was similar to it was a song that I heard called oh what was it, it was by Aqualung. Jethro Tull. Jethro Tull. No. Jethro Tull did a song called Aqualung. Aqualung no, it wasn't. Yeah. The band was called Aqualung. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was like. And then Air with Playground Love. I just remember, like, I was, I heard those songs and thought they were just, like, the sexiest songs. And then hearing Radiohead, like, it just, to me, it was, like, this new sound where they mixed the synth that I'd never really been interested in before. So it was more, I at first I listened at a necessity, so I didn't look like a total, you know, knob at camp. But then I started <laughs> listening to them because of enjoyment. And they've never been, like, my go-to for a huge long time listen but i do love just turning on like three or four of their best songs and just like flowing with it there is a band called aqualung on spotify i am yep interesting Hmm. um it's a picture of a a boy sitting on a bench reaching up to a disco ball oh what is that song they do it's so sexy nope that's got 13 million listens. That's what I'm I'm seeing here. Cold. Nope. Take on me, Grey's Anatomy version. Strange and Beautiful. No. Strange Strange and Beautiful. Strange and Beautiful. There you go. It that sounds like it'd be a sexy song. Yeah. Let me let me just give it a quick listen. Probably yep, not pod safe, so we probably can't put it on the podcast. But... Yeah. Yeah, we'll it was it. Yeah, it was Strange and Beautiful by Aqualung. I just I can't get enough of that song. I've, I haven't listened to it in years. Oh, it's going on my playlist. There you go. <laughs> All right, so we we've kind of talked about like where we came in with Radiohead. So like, where what's your what is your favorite Radiohead? We'll we'll start with album. I think, I mean, other than OK Computer, Tim, I guess for <laughs> us because we've already talked about that ad nauseum. So, and other than in Rainbows for you, Christy, like do you have because I wanted to I wanted to make it general because I know you're not necessarily gonna have another album that you love, Christy. So like that's why I have like album or song. So like just talk about your favorite Radiohead things, I guess in general. Oh, again, I just I I like that they're unique. But my I think my fa- one of my favorite songs, like I said, Fake Plastic Trees, I think because it's my first real foray into them, will always have a soft spot for me. But I don't know much else on The Benz. Is that a good album? The Benz is probably their yeah, it's their most straight ahead rock album, I would say. I think mm-hmm. like it's Pablo Honey's a little I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. It's not great by any stretch of the imagination. It's pretty by the numbers like Brit rock kind of thing for yeah, that era. Post punk Brit rock kind of thing. Yeah, like for like the early nineties, it's pretty like standard for what was going on in in Britain at the time, or like in England at the time. It was the Benz was where they kind of like really cohesed as like a good rock band, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then OK Computers where they kind of just decided to be like, what's the quote? There's a there's a really good quote about Radiohead. It's like OK Computers where they stopped being a good band and started being an important band kind of thing. Oh, that's a cool where quote. They started mm-hmm. doing- yeah, it'll be interesting, sense. like experimental, like going way in the left field and like doing the big concept album and that kind of stuff. So, the Benz is probably if you like a more straight ahead version of Radiohead, that's more like a rock band that does like, you know, a couple of, like heavier songs and then like a ballad kind of thing. The Benz is probably a good entry point. Like if you like in Rainbows, especially, I mm-hmm. the Benz is probably your closest analog to that. 
in their I've early probably heard some of their songs on it. Well, most of the stuff that's on that record is pretty popular. Like that's got like that's fake plastic like, trees. High, high and dry, fake plastic and trees, yeah. and just and Meyer and Lung and uh, Black Star and yeah, I really uh, like Just a lot. Mm-hmm. Speed Spirits on that one too, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, yeah, I'm that's not the closer. Sure if that's on, yes, yes, it's yeah, not that's on the closer. Yeah, it's on. Yeah. yeah, so like those, those are all on that one. So, like, if you were gonna go back and listen to something that you wanted, like, I would always just say go listen to OK Computer because I still think that's one of the best albums ever made. Obviously, hence being my <laughs> top ten, and mm-hmm. Tim will agree with me. Um, but if you're looking for something more accessible, I think Just is probably or um, the Benz is probably the easiest way to go. So. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, let's see. For me, like we, I mean, we've already discussed. Like, yeah, OK Computer is easily my favorite Radiohead album because it's the one that made it into like my top five albums of all time. Like for me, that's gonna be one of those seminal albums. Um, that's sort of gonna be talked about in the same sort of, you know, same strata, uh, kind of strata as like Pet Sounds and mm. like the white album and that sort of uh that sort of area but let's see outside of that um and if anybody really wants to they can go back to our very first favorite album uh episode and hear all the reasons why i love uh, okay computer but if i had to pick another favorite album besides that i do love the singles on the bends um but i don't think it coheres together as quite as well as an album if i had to pick another album i might hmm, I think I'd probably do Kid A. Okay. I think it it hangs together better as an album, it being also the follow-up to OK Computer, but I think it hangs together better as an album than uh, any of their other stuff. Because a lot of their other albums, like, I mean, are phenomenal, but sort of the latter half seems to sort of fall apart a little bit, or, like, it just doesn't really cohere the same way like it doesn't the songs don't necessarily like go together as well or there's just a couple of like pretty weak points and i say like weak points being like weak points for radiohead right um and that's yeah (laughs) so yeah i think i would say uh kid a is probably where i come down in terms of my second favorite radiohead album okay fair enough Um, i think we talked about it like when i talked about um like Christy, when Christy brought up in Rainbows, that like I think that's probably my second favorite one. I find it, yeah. it felt like a big return to form for them, and it was one of the like I just I don't know maybe it was just the time and time in my life when it came out, and I was just like into it, and they put out a relatively straight ahead album that I didn't have to like sit there and process for six months before I could really get into it or see them play it live before I understood the appeal of the songs or whatever. <laughs> but I've been really enjoying and having gone back to it this week more so because we were discussing doing this episode like uh a moonshaped pool has stood out as like i think it's one of their strongest ones actually now like i would probably put it top three yeah i haven't sat with it long enough to actually so for our listeners and for mark i literally finished listening to it like at 8 30 when we were originally scheduled to record was yeah. like at like 8 31 or 8 32 was when i finally made it through the very last track of it so but yeah and i think I mean, I'd listen to the singles, like the three or four stuff that they'd released, and I'd probably heard a couple of the other like B sides and stuff like that. Well, you've heard Two Love Waits four, probably, right? Yeah, like the live version on the I Might Be Wrong single and stuff like that. And... Yeah, and that was the thing. Like that that album, uh, Moonshade Pool, to me feels kind of like almost like a retrospective of yeah. of Radiohead to me. Like it's got 
flavors of their entire sort of career on it. What's, I had some notes on it since we're talking. I haven't. About it I haven't heard Moonshade Pool yet. Oh, you, actually, this would probably be. You'd probably like it a lot, actually. Yeah. 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 It's a very like. It's very. It's almost. I don't want to say dream pop, but it's like it's very like spacey and atmospheric kind of. That yeah. just I was like dream pop, hell yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> There's some moments that definitely would fall into that. Well, I mean, in a, a Radiohead version of it, but like it falls yeah. into that kind of category for sure. Yeah, it definitely feels like not like mid '90s to mid 2000s Radiohead again, and yeah. and like Mark said, like True Love Waits is is like an old Radiohead song, like a not like it just sounds like an old Radiohead song. It's a song yeah. that. That their, uh, that their producer the has been trying, yeah, has been trying to put in an album since the band, no. and yeah, finally, they, finally, time. they recorded a version that they were happy to put on an album. Yeah, and so they like it's it's one of those songs that they've played uh, at all kinds of live shows and stuff like that. And there's yeah, all there's sorts of versions out there of it. Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, but they finally have a canon. Yeah, yeah, like an actual studio album, recording of it. Which yeah. is interesting too, because it's very different than any of the live versions before. And like, there's a lot of argument about like whether it's better or not, or whatever. Like, which one do you prefer, and all that kind of stuff. And I do, I think it, maybe I'm just more comfortable with the older, like the live version. So like, I hear the new one, and I'm like, it's in, it's an interesting take. But it's like when somebody goes back and redoes a song because I don't know. Like Matthew Good does this all the time, where like because he has new band members, he'll go and kind of like mm-hmm. reorganize the song to play live or something like that. And it's like this is the new version of it, and I'm like, oh, it's interesting, but it's not like you have that affinity for the original kind of thing. Yeah. So, and I kind of listened to that, that I might be wrong single an awful lot when it came out. Cause mm-hmm. those albums were a little rough for me. I really like that, that uh, um, album version of true love waits from Moonshade pool. Like, I think that might be my favorite Radiohead song from the, la- their last, like at least two, if not like their last three albums. Well, what's three, three goes back to three goes Rainbow? back to in rainbows. Yeah. Okay, really. I, I might like it more than anything on on, on rainbows in rainbows, hmm. um, and I definitely I like it better album. than anything on King of Limbs. Yeah, King of Limbs was like when I was listening to it again this week. I was like, I was like, it's a little. I don't hate it, but it is like it's very much the weak point in their discography to me. Yeah, like, I I wasn't a huge fan of King of Limbs. I think that's what kind of turned me off for a while from them. Because like. That. Yeah. Lotus Flower was interesting, but I don't know. It just it didn't. I mean, it's not. Again, it's not bad. I'm gonna coin a term here. Where where's my notes on it? So I mean, we we damn by faint praise a lot on mm-hmm. uh, on dance robot dance. I'm going to coin the reverse turn of phrase and say that here we are praising by faint damnation. Fair enough. That's not bad. <laughs> and then we're saying we are saying that this is not great, but it's not great for an amazing band. Yeah, for like what what is probably the most important band of the last what 20 or 30 years or something like that like one of for sure one of yeah so like they they've they've, their discography is pretty spotless for the most part if you're just looking at it not comparing it and contrasting it to each other like they have high points that are so exceptionally high that it's hard to compare it some of the rest of the stuff too so yeah Mm -hmm. but i kind of cut you guys off so what else like what other songs do you guys like? Like, what are like, what are your maybe not necessarily like single big hit songs that you like? Is this? Hmm. Are we moving on to Dark Horse song? Dark Horse, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dark Horse. Mine, uh, I guess it's sort of a Dark Horse because it's not necessarily like a single, but uh, I definitely do have a massive soft spot for My Iron Lung. Um, okay, that's yeah. just a fucking phenomenal song and so well crafted. And I mean, it is very much like sort of the grunge like format right like quiet yeah. part loud part kind of yeah. thing but uh i just it's so good the 
just the sounds that they achieved on it are really amazing, especially for being that early in their career kind of thing. Like, obviously, they got in some really crazy, like, sonic uh, soundscapes and shit like that later. But uh, well, like on their point, next like, album, really, like yeah. that was them because that was when um, uh, Nigel kind of found the band. Like they're they've had a, the Nigel, same producer. producer, by the way, Nigel yeah, Godfrey. Nigel, yeah. Nigel yeah. Godfrey's producer. Yeah. I was just trying to tell the story. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> For our um, audience that doesn't yeah. know their producer he, by name, yeah, Nigel Godrich was the producer from OK Computer Forward. He's done all their albums. He was the engineer on the band, so he's the where that's where they kind of found each other. Yeah, um, and that's where that kind of like that sound. Started. Yeah, and that sound started to kind of like coalesce kind of thing. So the Benz was produced by somebody else, though. So it kind of makes sense that it wouldn't be there yet kind of thing. It is mm-hmm. forming, though. So Yeah. Besides that, uh, I really like uh, Letdown. And I think I mentioned this on uh, on our yeah. um, our album episode as well. Like, it's just one of those really beautiful, like, chill songs that uh, just I can has a lot of catharsis for me. Uh, like, it's just really nice and chill and i can just lay back and close my eyes and just for, sort of let myself go into it mm. and then there's two songs on their later albums that uh, i like for more or less the same reason mixomatosis and all i need i love both of those songs just because they both got fucking phenomenal bass lines uh, yeah uh, uh, the, the uh, like such amazing bass. driving bass lines it's so fucking good yeah. yeah that song's spectacular live too like when they actually like kick into it, it is like, yeah, you have to be in the building for that. Like it's fucking loud. Like it's I crazy. bet. Yeah. yeah. Um, all I need is just such a, oh, what a great tune. Yeah, that yeah. that actually that's kind of interesting because that came up on mine too. Like all I need, I mentioned that on mine for sure. Thing because I also I also pointed out uh Reckoner and Nude on uh mm-hmm. I have a lot of in I really like the Reckoner as well. Um and Jigsaw. Um, well, fuck, uh, Jigsaw falling into place. Fall, falling into place. Yeah. Falling into place. Yeah, that one. Like, there's a lot. Of, that's. I think that's why I keep going back to In Rainbows because there's a lot of songs on it. Like, it may be a better. It may not be as cohesive an album, but I think it's a really good collection of songs that they put together yeah. for that for that album. How can I just? It's uh, all of my dark horses are from In Rainbows. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, the, those were all those are all in Rainbow songs I just named off. Like I've yeah, got other yeah. ones that I like a lot, but like like I really like uh, you and Who's Army. Like those that stands out off the. I think it's Amnesiac that one's on. No, that's uh, Kid A. Yeah, and Kid then, A and Amnesiac just sometimes just bleed together. I literally like I think of them as a double album. Like yeah. I don't, I can't separate them in my head. Like I know they were recorded together and stuff like that, yeah. and like they were planned to be released as a double record. But like, yeah. they, that's how I think of them. Like they're they're not entirely indistinguishable. Like they do have their own flavors to them, kind of thing. Yeah, but I mean, like in terms of that kind of that style of Radiohead, like yeah. they they do like that's just like those two albums. They've never done those two albums that way again. You know what I mean? Like, but those yeah. two albums kind of stand apart from everything else. Where like that's where we're really getting into the weird shit, which is my next question. But I wanted to keep talking about this. Well, here, a little bit, so. yeah, I I want to ask you guys since we're talking since you just mentioned sort of the double album concept. Do you consider In Rainbows to just be that first disc or do you because there's there's a, like that second disc is like fucking like eight or nine tracks. Like it's a good half hour of music. Uh, I listen uh, to it all. I have it all as one one thing on yeah. my on my iTunes, like my phone on MP3. I have both discs yeah. in one run. Because so. that second disc like, is not as strong as the first. No, no, no. No, but that's why it was like that was the, it was a bonus disc. Yeah, there's good stuff, but it's like a bonus disc. Right. So, yeah. 
I was thinking like Radiohead's B sides are interesting, and like a lot of fans go into like, I want, I think their B sides are better than the album cuts, and I'm like, no, guys, yeah. the reason why they were cut, like they're some of them are great mm-hmm. or whatever, like, but some of them, if they're really that good, they end up on an album eventually. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like True Love Waits was like a B side for years and years and years, and like, but it was so good that they're like, we're not going to do a studio version until we're ready to do it. And but I can see like it, it never really would have fit in terms of the sort of style and the tone of it. On like it, w- I, it might have fit on the Benz, but it wouldn't have fit on OK. It wouldn't have fit on anything between OK Computer and like Hail to the Thief. I don't think. No, I would. I think in Rainbows probably would have been the be- like the first time where it yeah. would have actually like felt like part of the record and yeah. been OK mm-hmm. as part of the record. And that was when they started playing it a lot again. Actually, it was like it came back Late to the forefront in that 2008 like yeah. tour. They started playing it again. I remember like they were doing a more straight ahead rock show for that tour. So, mm-hmm. um, cool. So we we kind of talked about and oh I didn't do mine oh you didn't give all your okay sorry go ahead that's okay no I started to and then it just kind of yeah we just kept talking we went off the rails um, as we tend to do yeah yeah I think my my two would be um, videotape from In Rainbows mm. I fucking love that song too yeah. it's see that's what so I mean that album's so good fucking good yeah that and um all I need ugh all I you need like is those, like slow burners. Yeah, you like yeah stuff, that's right? Ra- that's Radiohead being sexy. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. If that's what you're looking for from the band, I guess like those are the songs you're gonna like gravitate yeah. towards. Which I definitely means I definitely think you should listen to a Moonshaped Pool. Like when you're, I will, I will. Do it is that. their sexiest album in a long. It is time. definitely like in terms of that kind of style of song too, like that yeah. slower, more like broody kind of thing. Like that's yeah. it's very much. I that. think, and this is sharing a little bit too much, but I once had sex to a radio, a couple of Radiohead songs, and it was. Uh, We've Quality. all. I literally, I literally, <laughs> I literally doubt that any of us haven't had sex to a radio. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I had sex to music, but this time I remember. <laughs> Quality. But yeah, no, those two for me, even though they're not like you wouldn't think of Radiohead and go, oh yeah, videotape, you know. But mm-hmm. when you hear it, you're just like, oh yeah. It's a pretty popular song, though. Like, it's not. It was popular. It doesn't have a lot of standing, like stay power. Stay power. Thank you. Yeah, like, it okay. does. It does as a song, but fan wise, like, I mean, you didn't mention it. Tim didn't mention it. No, I mean, the thing is, we could sit here all day and just fuck and list like amazing Radiohead songs, right? But it doesn't make doesn't make for a great fucking podcasting. Just say like this song is good and this one is good and this one's also good. And if I could figure and like part of the podcast for like the next like we could do another hour of this podcast and I could just name off names of songs and get your guys' reactions to them and like that's what we could do yeah. for the rest of the episode. But that's not and everyone be like and okay. just list how hard we are at them. Yeah, just like fuck, I just jizzed because we talked about like exit music for a film again. So oh, there gosh. it is. Like, Should we make a playlist for the listeners of like we, these songs? We can do, we can, I can make a playlist or something cool. for sure. Cool. Or you can, if you want to, or yeah. we, maybe we can coordinate <laughs> or something. I could, I could help with that. Actually, I'm just teasing. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. No, I, there's talk show hosts though. Yeah. Fuck. I remember thinking that was Damien Rice for a little while, just because it had a very Damien Rice vibe, huh. but no, it's, that's a quality. Like what song is that album from or album is that song from? In Rainbows, baby. Talk show host is? Yeah. I thought I had every song off In Rainbows. I must have deleted that one. How dare you. It doesn't come up in my In Rainbows thing either. So no. 
Is talk it? show host. I've got I've got a live version. I know I've heard it because I've got a live version. It's on the best of talk show host. I think it's B side, Christy. Oh, yeah, maybe you know. on a single or something like that. What I think is it was talk show host from? Maybe you're right. It's not from In Rainbows. You're right. It's a fucking B side. It's on the Benz. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't. Have oh, been it's, so a B- it's the B side from uh, Street Spirit. Whoops. Yeah, I just started. How is that yeah, a B side song? Interesting. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like some of their songs just end up as B sides and then end up on an album or not end mm. up on an album or whatever. Or end up super popular because they play them live. Um, a lot of bands from the '90s are like that, where they have B sides that yeah. are like massively popular that they end up playing live. Like Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam does that all the time. So. Yeah. Cool. Well. That's my two, yeah. All right. You already rolled over uh, the have you seen them live because you said that you've seen them live. Yeah. So have you guys had a chance to see them live? Like either of you seen them live? No. I had a chance when I was younger, but I, I didn't take it because I had I had a show or something. Well, I was I was maligning to Tim because they haven't actually played in Toronto since 2008. <laughs> so that would have been a while ago for you. I have seen them live. Uh, oh, I saw them live. Oh, yeah, I saw them live in Coachella at two, in two thousand four. Uh, they were this was Hail to the Thief era, yeah. um, so they were sort of touring for that, um, and it was it was it was great. I mean, it wasn't the best live show I've ever seen. Uh, it was their light show was fucking astounding. They sounded amazing. I mean, it's it's a festival show, right? So you're not going to get like the full sort of experience. It was like, I mean, they were I think like one of the headlining like the headlining act on that stage. Uh, for the night kind of thing. Like, they're, I think, the last act on that stage for the night. Although it could... I can't remember. I'll have to look up the line uh, lineup for that year. It could have been that I, the Pixies were playing after them. I was going to say, that's Ooh. the year the Pixies... No. 2003? Yeah. No, 2004. So, Hail of the Thief came out 2003. I was at Coachella yeah. 2004. And Pix- Pixies were there. I was just looking because I was like, um, Molson Park was my 2003 show. And mm. that's Hail of the Thief era. So, that's when I saw them that time. Yeah, uh, I was just gonna remember when the Pixies reunited. I thought it was later than that. No, no, that was the year. That was the year that they, uh, yeah, that okay, they reunited. That was, yeah, Pixies radio. That was awesome. I saw them when they got back together too. It was amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, they were really good as well. But it looks like Radiohead was the like headliner, even above Pixies. So I guess they must have been the last show of that night. Yeah, they do tend to play abbreviated sets even if yeah, yeah. Headliner, so. yeah exactly i mean it's not gonna be like you know an hour an hour and a half set or something like that it's gonna be like maybe 40 45 minutes or something like that but yeah. it was still phenomenal um i i don't even like i have very little memory of like what they actually played or whatever i just remember it was it was a good show okay fair enough i i would really like to see like a full show just you know them doing a full set someday it's been almost 10 years since I've seen them do one. So if they tour again, maybe we'll have to figure out something. We'll go together because it's been a long time. So I've seen them. Uh, yeah, I rolled over it because I've, I, I figured the answer would be you guys. I forgot you'd seen them at Coachella. I thought you hadn't seen them, Tim. And I just assumed Chrissy hadn't, was, isn't a big concert goer. So she has. I'm, I, I would like to be a bigger concert goer. It's just I get nervous because I'm so short. Yeah. Being in mosh pits is actually quite terrifying. Yeah, yeah. It's ter- hey trust me hey, I'm six foot five and it's fucking terrifying to be in a mosh pit sometimes. So did I ever tell you guys about the time I got um, someone grabbed me and body surfed me at a Christian mosh pit? Christian, Christian concert mosh against pit. your will. Yep. Well, you are tiny, so you can just get tossed that's, up pretty. That's not very Christian. No, I was picked up, and they were like, "Yeah," and like just started screaming, and there was this like Christian rapper. I was at this Lutheran. <laughs> 
Yeah, his name was Agape. Oh my god. And he wore a pink hat. Embarrassing stories of Christy. Yeah. But, Actually, embarrassing stories for that guy, because, like, yeah. really? <laughs> but um, I should look him up, actually. Agape Christian rapper. That's funny. <laughs> um, Maybe we should do that after the podcast. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, he, um, like, it, it just got it got, got real weird. Um, he, <laughs> uh, I got picked up and um, just thrown around the crowd, and I was very uncomfortable. And very nervous, and I ran out of there as fast as I could when I was done. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> and I've been kind of uncomfortable around them ever since. Okay, yeah. Well, we're, we're sitting in seats for the national in December, so don't worry about that. So there you go. Yay! Oh, you guys got tickets to that national concert? Well, I got. I had tickets, so I figured uh, the only person I know around here that is actually mm-hmm. around here is Christy, who likes them. Since I am me. Paul will be in Korea still, and you're still fucking in Atlanta, you pricks. So. Yep. Sorry, Tim. Uh, I'm reaping no, your Christy, benefits. Christy's coming to see the national with me in December. So nice. Sorry, yeah. I'm your sloppy thirds. Sloppy, like <laughs> actually fourth, I think. Actually. Oh, even better. Yeah. Sorry, sweetheart. Actually, you're <laughs> you're you're only the second person I've invited to the show. So, there you go. That's fun. All right. I'll accept it. I'm getting a free ticket to see the national. <laughs> yeah, man. It should be a good show, too. That album's good. Yeah. I like that album. We'll have to talk about that at some point. I don't know mm. how we would frame that, but we'll talk about the national later. Yeah. We're going to start doing like artist specific uh, episodes, and the national's probably. That's the thing. Like, that's why I like the, the thought of doing radio was interesting because we all like them. It's one of the few bands where like we all have in common that we all listen to. Because like, there's a lot of bands that Tim and I like, and there's a lot of bands that Christy and Tim like. There's not necessarily a lot of bands that. Me and Christy, Christy. like. <laughs> true. You don't, you don't like listening to the Hamilton soundtrack? I've, never, I've, I've heard it once. We all, you remember the first episode of the podcast where Eric played yeah. it five times and I snapped at him finally? <laughs> I do. Fuck. No. I was fine the first time, but it was like, dude, now you're just doing it to annoy me. <laughs> As a side note, I just looked up this Agape guy. He has a single called Keeping It Tight. That was peaked at number three on mp3.com. Oh, wow. That's exciting Keeping for him. tight with Jesus. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, let's keep talking about Radiohead then. So I had the question in there, like, when, and this is probably, I don't know if Christy's actually going to have an opinion on here again, because it is in that weird spot where you don't listen to albums the way we do. But, like, when they they started going into that weird direction post OK Computer, did you fall off at all, or like did you have a problem with it? Like, did it take you a second to kind of adapt to it at all? Well, Christy didn't start listening to it until after, yeah, DGX. So yeah, so that Tim, that's why the question is mainly directed at you. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I might not um, answer this question. <laughs> no, it really didn't for me. Like, I uh, granted, I didn't, I wasn't like listening to Kid A and Amnesiac like as they came out, kind of thing. Like, as they came out was really, like, when I was starting college and got very much into sort of more of the geek rock kind of stuff, like Weezer and the clones, every every Weezer clone that I could find was, like, my main, like, drug in at that period. But uh, when I went back and listened to that stuff, no, it didn't turn me off. I would actually say that it was probably, like, kind of, uh, like, Kid Amnesiac, Hail to the Thief was, like, kind of a gateway drug for me to more, like experimental in electronic music because uh, around sort of the mid 2000s is when I started getting into like more weirder sort of esoteric electronic stuff like less just sort of uh, kind of formulaic uh, you know power pop and pop punk yeah. and that kind of stuff 
I'm happy to admit that some of the later albums for me aren't as like well crafted as something like OK Computer or even like Kid A and Amnesiac. Um, they're still good, just not up to par for me with like, I mean, OK Computer is the standard by which I measure every Radiohead album at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, there, like I said, I said this earlier, like some of the later albums do have like pretty jarring, like changes in pace. I think hail to the thief is over long. It's what, 14 tracks. And I think at tracks. least a couple of them could have been dropped Absolutely, pretty safely. Yeah. They admit to that too themselves. Like they're, they're on record as saying like hail to the thief got a little unwieldy for yeah. what it needed to be. So I think especially the latter halves of some of those later albums, like post go, okay, computer albums start to sort of fall apart. But yeah, this is like, like you said, there's still there's still great stuff on there. It's just not like Radiohead great. And now I come yeah. back to like praising by faint faint damnation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, see, like those because those two albums were like like Kidney and Amnesiac because they were such like like at that point they were almost like a bridge too far for me. Like when they came out, as they came mm-hmm. out, I was like I was almost I was alienated by them a little bit because I was like, whoa, this is not the same fucking band that I was like that did OK Computer. It took me a while to get into it. It was probably a couple years. I and the weird part was like I still went and saw them every time they came around. Like I've seen them six times. So like both times they came around for Kid A and Amnesiac, I was there, and I was like, because yeah. it was still a fantastic live band, which is one of those dividing things that I can do where I'm like, yeah, they may put out a, a, a average at best album, but their live show is still going to be awesome. So I'm going to go and see them. Yeah. Um. But those those albums for sure were like for me at the time where it's like I was like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on, and I kind of put them aside for a while. It wasn't until a little bit later as I started getting into more like as I as, especially because I was playing music like drumming and stuff like that and getting into like figuring out arrangements and stuff like that where like I got into the when I started getting into the progressive metal stuff that like Radiohead started to like filter back into my listening and those two albums yeah. started I started to kind of catch on to like holy shit these guys are amazing fucking like composers of music and stuff like that so that's where they kind of finally came in but they are still to this day probably the two of their records that I go back to the least. Like I'm more prone to like putting on Hail to the Thief than I would be those two, yeah. As I find even Hail to the Thief's a little bit more of like a a more cohesive like rock kind of sound, whereas those albums are like this is really bleepy bloopy for <laughs> yeah what's going on here. So yeah, and I think I mean we've gone over at length, you know, sort of the fact that you gravitate towards more like you know music played on actual instruments, where I'm perfectly yeah, okay sure. with listening to music that is more bleepy bleepy yeah. and, and played more on synths and that kind of thing. So it's a good good counterpoint. Which is why I always like I like talking about Radiohead because they are they are the one band that like do, do the bleepy bloopy thing that I was still like just immediately just be like, No, I fucking love Radiohead. Like they're one of the few things <laughs> when you hear that. And like it's very rare for me to be into that kind of stuff, which is why at that point that probably threw me off so bad that I was like Oh, they're turning into an electronic band. I don't want this. This is not what I want. And it took me a while to kind of like get into it. And then seeing them translate those songs to like the live to the stage kind of thing was a big deal too. Because it was like, oh, they still do this as a unit. But then when they put the albums out, they do all this like production stuff to them. Like they're a studio band and then they go and figure out a way to translate it to live. So like you'll hear Optimistic on the album and it's like got like a disco track on it. And then... (laughs) <laughs> hear the play it live and it's fucking like this huge stadium filling like anthem kind of thing it's it's kind of a weird juxtaposition between like what you hear on the album and then like what they will put forward when they're playing live so yeah cool yeah. so what keeps you coming back like why do you guys why do you guys keep why do you gravitate to radiohead still i right, go to christy we haven't heard from her in a bit <laughs> um for me it's that i feel like they're constantly trying to revolutionize their own sound they're never lazy yeah there's nothing yeah, lazy about radiohead no 
Not at all. And... Some of the touring schedule lately. Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you blame them? They're getting sued about that set falling, the concert falling. Oh, yeah. Still. Yeah. And Tom, like, to... broke up with his, like, partner of, like, 20 years, and then she died of cancer died. Yeah. last oh, year. Fuck. Yeah, I wouldn't tour either. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But they're going through some shit. Go yeah. through some shit. Well, and that and that it plays heavily into what came out on uh, Moonshape Pool. Like that, yeah. you can all that grief and tension comes through very clearly on that record. So what a yeah. beautiful name for an album. Have you seen the artwork for it? I just saw it. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking the, the like the whole the whole kit. I've got the vinyl here. Like the whole kit of it is like just a yeah. spectacular package. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I wish. Wait. <laughs> That's right. That is what she said. <laughs> you just admitted you don't like your package. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I I just find that with Radiohead, even at their worst, they are still creating unique, cool sound. Mm-hmm. And yeah. their lyrics are always pretty rad. Yeah. I wanted to talk about their lyrics a little bit because, like, I always there's there's a I noticed it when I was listening to it today, and I was listening to um another podcast like reviewing OK Computer, and they pointed the same thing out that I noticed. There's occasionally where like he'll deliver a line that is like a very common phrase that you would hear anywhere, but it's just like the point in time in the song or like the way they present it or how he sings it makes the it so like or something. Yeah, the context yeah. of it just makes it like transcendently awesome kind of thing, yeah. like. <laughs> Even like the only the one I can think of off the top of my head right now is like the uh, the four minute there I lost myself in Karma Police. Like when he really kicks into that bit, it's like it just makes you fall apart. But yeah, I lost like, myself. But it's such a common th- like we say it on the podcast all the time. It's like oh shit, I lost what I was thinking about, or I lost myself for a second there, like that kind of thing. But like the way he says it in that context of the song yeah. has gravitas. Like, it's so devastating, kind of thing. Like. I love the way they do that. And there's a there's a couple other ones. And OK Computers he uses it a lot. Um, like the whole um It's probably like their most subversive album, I would say, and that's one of yeah. the reasons I really like it so much. Yeah, and he does it lyrically a lot, but like the whole like God loves his angels with like mm-hmm. God loves his children. Yeah, God loves his children. Sorry, yeah. like that thing. But like it's so mournful at that point that you're just like And and it's after all this other like really dark and fucking twisted imagery yeah. as well, right? It's also being sung over top of him singing something about like pigs crispy, like crispy pigs yeah. burning and shit like that. So like it's like just this weird morass of like horrible things going on, but then he's singing about God loves his children plaintively over top kind of thing. And you're yeah. like, Yeah, he doesn't he like, he doesn't believe any of what he's saying singing right there, so very interesting. Yeah. All right. Did you have any more, Christy? Nope. All right. Well, I'll go. I, I definitely agree with Christy. Like, the fact that they just sort of keep evolving is one of the things that keeps me coming back to them. Um, but that even though they have sort of changed their sound throughout the years, that they are still putting out, like, really top quality music. And they're still, like, pushing the envelope with each new release. But they're not doing it in a way that seems overly gimmicky. Like, I can yeah. think of bands that have sort of reinvented themselves, but it just seems, like, contrived. Like, uh, Offspring comes to mind. Um, like, I love Offspring's, like, first uh, couple of... Like, I think... Uh, I can't remember... I can never remember if Smash was their first album. Smash was their second one, I think. Yeah. 
But after that, like they sort of reinvented themselves into like pop punk, like Treble Charger sort of did the same thing. Like they had a really great like first sort of indie first album, and then they started getting more into like pop punky kind of stuff later on. Well, too. that was that was um that was like a that's like this the the old Can Rock story where like the guitarist left, who was the artsy guy in the band. Yeah. Uh, Lady Peace had a very similar thing where like when Mike yeah. Turner left, like those first four albums hold together pretty well because he had like an artistic vision, and then when mm-hmm. he left, it just turned into shit. And when Bill Priddle left Trouble Chargers, when Greg Norrie had already produced and like made Sum 41 a big thing. Mm. And so that pop punk just like took over Trouble Charger too. And Priddle was just like, fuck this. I'm going to go release like my solo album, which was actually pretty good. And nobody listened to it. So mm. I need to go listen to that. It's called, um, the Priddle. it's called the Priddle effect. I can send it to you. I have it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, and also just the sheer fact that they are all amazingly talented musicians. Um, they do, as we've talked about, use like interesting time signatures manipulation of sounds and interesting instrumentations and stuff like that and again it doesn't come across as gimmicky like they use it to good effect and in service of the overall music but the other thing this goes back more towards the lyrics but also the music music itself they really seem to tap very well into sort of the the zeitgeist the underlying anxieties and fears of whatever time they're putting music out in so like in the early 90s they really tapped into more of that like existential like dread and nihilism that was coming around with like the grunge scene and that kind of thing but then as you get into more like okay computer and kid a and stuff like that they're starting to tap more into those like people having concerns with stuff becoming a lot more like computerized and technological and a lot of globalism and right-wing rising yeah exactly all that to the forefront too yeah, yeah all that sort of all that stuff that was really coming to the forefront as we like came across this big milestone of the millennium kind of thing yeah. you know approaching a new new millennium kind of thing so that as well i think and i think they still do that to this day they're really good at sort of tapping into sort of the overall maybe it's our generation in particular but yeah. that they are really good at, at grabbing onto that and sort of and and expressing it in song, if you will, you know, yeah. uh, sort of what we're feeling, even if we don't know that we're feeling it kind of thing. It's the sort of thing where you're like, wow, I didn't even know that that was kind of in my head. It, yeah, in my head. But now that I've heard that, I'm like, yeah, I definitely, you know, they, they're putting truth to power kind of thing. You know, this is the kind of thing that I'm rambling now, but I think you get my point. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with like, I agree with everything both of you guys said. I also have a thing like the hype for new Radiohead, like their fandom is so fervent that like mm-hmm. the hype of when the Radiohead starts to like when that beast becomes active and starts moving around again, <laughs> like it is like such a noticeable thing. As a music fan, it's exciting when you hear like shit's brewing in the Radiohead camp just because yeah. like you don't know what you're going to get. Like they do something different every time it's going to be. And, and like for Moonshape Pool. They like deleted all their social media posts or something like that. Like I think they still kept the accounts, but they yeah. deleted all of the old posts. Yeah, and whited out their avatars and all the all the pictures were whited out. Yeah. Yeah. So they like basically it was like clean slate kind of thing. And then just with like one or two little teaser posts or something like that, they dropped like one video, two videos, and then it was the album. Yeah, and then the album. Yeah. And nobody like they hadn't really announced necessarily like the exact uh release date or anything like that. They just kind of like did it. Yep. I still remember when it came out too. Like it just randomly hit my phone. I was driving to Ottawa to see Pearl Jam like in 2016. And like the album like it started downloading on my phone in the middle of the day and I was like, We need to stop whatever we're listening to and listen to the fucking radio right now. Nice. We almost got an accident because the the album's so mellow, my sister was like <laughs> 
I'm falling asleep driving here. And I'm like, okay, I'm I don't care. <laughs> I gotta get through this album at least once, all right? Yeah, you can't listen to them at night. Oh, I think they're best to listen to at night. Absolutely. And you might want to drink or well, smoke Well, not when you're driving. To them. Yeah. Well, depends on the album. Yeah. Depends on the album. Yeah. Some of them are pretty... They got some pretty good driving tunes in there. Like, not... Uh, okay, computer's not gonna put you to sleep, necessarily. And if one song does put you to sleep, the next one's gonna scare you awake anyway, so... <laughs> yeah. They tend to jump back and forth pretty harshly on that record, so... Yeah. All right, cool. So, um, we're kind of getting towards the end, because this is getting long, but... Yeah. Um, are you surprised that we went long with a, us talking about Radiohead, Christy? We could probably go for another hour if we wanted to. I know you yeah. could. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like I'm 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 here. I'm just uh I'm I'm more listening to you guys talk about it. That's fair. Like the listeners. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll just kind of blaze through the last couple questions then. So like we're if in your in your favorite bands or musicians, where do they fall? Like I know we're gonna we've been talking about doing like an overall kind of like favorite bands and musicians thing, but like are they in your top ten, in your top twenty, do you think? Like approximately? Christy's nodding. Nodding doesn't translate to a podcast. Yeah. I Sorry, right. Sorry. I'd say, <laughs> yeah, top, I'd say top 20. Top 20? Okay. For me, definitely top 10, maybe even top 5. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, see, there, there, I was I was thinking, I was trying to think about it, that question. Like, I put that question in the list, and then I hadn't even thought about it ahead of time, so I was trying to, like, piece it out, like, place it out. They're probably teens, but, like, maybe top 10, depending on how I kind of feel that day. So, mm. like... I like I feel like Radiohead when we get like 10 or 20 years on from now is going to be one of those bands that we like will be spoken of in the same strata as like in the same terms in terms of influence as yeah. like Elvis and the Beatles and the Beach Boys and yeah, like, like Zeppelin, whoever, and, stuff like Zeppelin that. and Pink Floyd yeah. and like they're going to be one of those giants. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. It's just weird because they, they never have like the big kind of pop culture footprint. The way yeah. you feel like those other bands do, and that may be just like a sign of the times kind of thing, like the way music is so democratized. I think, yeah, I think that's more the fact that, that yeah, that music has has splintered so much. Yeah, that, that you don't have that like one big band anymore. But like, mm-hmm. that, and I think that's kind of what I was talking about about like keeps coming me coming back is that like they are such like a big, like they're mm-hmm. like that five hundred pound gorilla kind of thing in the room that like eventually like when they start to move, everybody kind of like, even if they don't care, they'll kind of look and be like, oh, Radiohead's doing something. Like, yeah. what's that about? Or like you, you catch attention one way or the other, and then for me, it's like, oh, Radiohead's doing something. I, I want to hear it. Like, please tour because I want to see you live again. It's been ten years, you bastards. Like, come <laughs> to Toronto. God damn it. They will wait until that's all cleared up because that's where the stage fell, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, well, I had. That's the thing. Like, I had tickets to that 2012 show, and I was like getting ready to leave, and I got a call from one of my friends that was like I was going to the show with in Toronto. And she's like, don't come up. And I was like, why? What's going on? She's like, well, first of all, everything's a disaster and the stage collapsed and they've canceled the show. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> that's good <fine>. reason. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll just stay home then. I was well, bummed. goddamn. Yeah, I was bummed out because I was really looking forward to seeing them. So it's too bad. The Downsview Park. <laughs> uh, okay. Is that everything I had in there? I think it it's was. about. I think that was pretty oh. much the last question. At an hour fifty-five, good for Not us. Not bad. Yeah, good. good. Good framing. I mean, I could probably go on if we really wanted to. Like Mark said, we could just fucking like jerk off all over different songs for. That should an be hour. a bonus episode for for you guys. Yeah, yeah, we could totally do that. We could just like do <laughs> like a hardcore like deep dive on one of the albums or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's doable. 
I think oh. that's something you guys would really enjoy doing. And I think the listeners. I think that's would something also Christy enjoy. doesn't want to do. That's why she's saying we should do it on our <laughs> <Yeah>. own. <laughs> no, what? No. What? All right. On, what? <laughs> no. Awesome. You guys have anything else you want to say? What? Just that, like, this is one of those reasons that I'm really grateful that we're doing the podcast because I had never sat down and listened to all of Radiohead's music like all their studio albums sort of back to back in a short period of time. Like essentially when I started work this morning at like eight something, I started listening to, you know, Pablo honey and listened to it just all day long. And, uh, I I don't think you're supposed to do that. I don't think that's really how it's meant to be listened to. I think it melted my brain a little bit. During the day today where we were talking about listening to this much radio head. And I think both of us have like, I think it broke my fucking brain today a little bit like this. Because I did, um, like, yesterday, I, st- I started yesterday, like, I started kind of listening to this. So I think I listened to the first half of the discography yesterday, and then, like, listened to the second half this, a- this morning. And then this afternoon, I listened to the one podcast, like, it's the album club that did OK Computer. So I was like, it's an mm-hmm. hour and a half, two hours, I can listen to them talk about and get some background information that I want to kind of have in my head while we're talking about this anyway. But then I, well, I, I like, so this evening, though, I, I just put on, like, I put on OK Computer again and was, like, blaring it in the house and all that kind of stuff. And was just like, I think I've listened to too much of this because, like, I know I was already depressed, but like, fuck, I'm really feeling it now. Like, this really hitting hard all of a sudden. <laughs> That's why so. you can't, you can't, you can't, can't listen to it all the time. Like, yeah, you can't just mainline it. Is setting in. Yeah, it's just like I'm just yeah, cripplingly depressed. I'm gonna go into my crawl into my bed and cry myself to sleep or something. Oh, me. I'm gonna do that but, in the bathtub. But nice. on the flip side, like, it was really amazing, like hearing them evolve from what was essentially like a Brit pop, like post punk band yeah. to like that sort of mid nineties, like grunge alternative band to like a true prog rock indie experimental band over the span of a single fucking day. And also this was the first, we talked about it very briefly, but this is, I'm pretty sure is the first time I've listened to King of limbs all in one shot. I think I've only heard one or two of the songs like once or twice off of it before. Cause it just never really came up on my radar kind of thing yeah so. see like i the, the radio like radio is one of those bands like an album will come out and i will like put it on and listen to it yeah. a couple times to see if like anything clicks because they are a band like that like you're not gonna it's not gonna click on the first listen which is a lot of the music i listen to granted so it's like stuff i have to kind of play often so that i can mm-hmm. kind of get a feel for it but they're a band that i definitely have to like do over and over again and king of limbs was one that like I didn't want to do repeat listens of, I guess, when it came yeah. out. And I was like, it took a while to kind of like sink in. And even when I was listening to it today, I was like, still nothing really here that's like grabbing me. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, it's definitely the most bleep bloopy of yeah. all of their albums for sure. For me, it just, it came in right in sort of my big musical blind spot because it was right when I was like in the heat of grad school kind of thing. And I just was not having time uh, to go and like keep in touch with new music kind of thing. So I like, like, I think I very vaguely was aware that it came out, but I just wasn't like actively going out and listening to new music at that time. Yeah, it was such a big shift from In Rainbows. I think that's what threw me off because I was expecting it to kind of like, I don't know why I was thinking they would come back and do like another more straight ahead album after doing one like that because Radiohead and I should be better like versed in how they operate to know that they're not going to go like, we're going to do a relatively pop album and then the next one's going to be relatively pop again. No, the next one's going to be like as obtuse as possible because we are Radiohead. So I should have expected yeah. it, but it definitely did not hit me 
the right way when I first listened to it. So I also feel like we've probably got a bonus episode or something we could do just on their fucking videos because they've done some yeah, amazing seriously. videos. We didn't talk about their videos at all. I, I was gonna, br- I was gonna bring, I was watching some of them before, like I watched Orville before we recorded, but I was watching their videos too as I was yeah. kind of flipping around. And I was like. I should bring these up, and I was like, "Nope, didn't do that at all." Because they well, got we a did, lot of. We've them. talked about the the uh, paranoid Android video before. Before, we yeah. Talked about that uh, record, but like the uh, video for Just is just yeah. super fucking powerful and iconic as well. I really like the video for Street Spirit too, like all that slow mo, like mm. counter whatever stuff that's going on. It's interesting. Yeah. We do a lot of weird videos. It would be that would that would be a good bonus episode. Actually, we should. Uh, yeah. To put that on the book. Put, put it on the list. Cool. All right, we've hit the two-hour mark, so uh, let's call this one a night. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening to us ramble about Radiohead, everybody. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. If you want to let us know what you think about Radiohead or anything else that we talked about tonight, you can do so on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash dancerobotdancepodcast. Our Twitter's at drd underscore podcast, or you can shoot us an email at dancerobotdancepodcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the podcast if you're not already subscribed at Apple Podcasts on the Google Play Store or on Stitcher. Um, give us a rate on review uh, on the platform of your choice. Um, and if you're friends with Christy, go friend her grandma and tell her about the podcast <laughs> so that then Christy can share the podcast and we can expand our audience more. I think that's... Don't say that. Nana, don't listen. <laughs> Christy's Nana can hear about Christy's experience with tentacle no, porn. Oh, I don't want oh, to Tentacle porn. No. <laughs> Good times. No. And and her sexual experiences with Radiohead songs. Please yep. no. <laughs> Go do it guys. Go do it. Out. Don't do it. Go do it guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for Dance Robot Dance, I'm Mark. I'm saying goodnight. Tim. Don't leave me high. Don't leave me dry. She's so high. Oh, you had to ruin it, it with Tal Bachman. It. I ruined it. I ruined it the real bastard bad. bastard son of Randy Bachman. Sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Christy, say goodnight. Good night. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>